0: It appears as if German lawyer Reiner Fulmick, who recognized the COVID crimes against humanity as early as 2020, has been set up. Fulmick was spearheading a project known as the Second Nuremberg and co-founded the Corona Investigative Committee. This committee consulted about 150 scientists and experts from around the world as well as former employees of the World Health Organization. And their findings showed them that the COVID measures were the first steps in a plan to destroy regional economies in order to make populations dependent upon global supply chains and were intended to reduce the population and install a world government under the United Nations. The Corona Committee received a lot of donations, which they believed were not safe due to the recent history of bank accounts being seized by complicit governments. One million euros in gold was purchased and put in holding. To fund operations, both Reiner Fulmick and Vivian Fisher took out secured loans.
1: At a time
2: of grave risk. For the money in our bank account, we
3: decided to act immediately and we took money out of that account, both she and I did, in order to save it and keep it from
2: such an attachment so that we would be able to continue with our work. Because had our account been
3: attached, our bank account been attached, we wouldn't have been able to pay for the translators, for the IT,
4: for the management, etc., etc.
0: Reiner's loan was for 700,000 euros and was to be repaid with the proceeds from selling his home, all documented and agreed upon by the committee. Members of the Corona Committee met with a law firm in August of 2022 and filed criminal charges against Fulmick. Committee members Justice Hoffman, Marcel Templin, and Antonia Fisher claimed that Fulmick embezzled 700,000 euros, the loan that he officially took out. They claimed he was a violent anti-Semite and that if he were given the opportunity to comment before criminal proceedings began, they would not file the complaint. Two warrants were issued for his arrest from Germany and from the EU without Reiner's knowledge. Without an international arrest warrant, German and Mexican authorities illegally abducted Fulmuk at the German embassy in Mexico. He was then flown to the Frankfurt airport where he was arrested and put in jail. International law experts are calling his arrest an illegal kidnapping. According to documented company plans, Fulmick's loan was to be repaid after the sale of his property, but the very same people that filed the complaint against Fulmick sabotaged this agreement. The contracts stated that the profits of the Fulmick property was to be transferred to a Fulmick account so that he could repay the loan. But the notary, who was sworn to be neutral and independent, instructed the buyers to transfer the 1.158 million euros into Marcel Templin's account, which made it impossible for Reiner to repay the loan. The loans were transparently agreed upon in written contracts. There was no secrecy, and the company was aware of the loans at all times. The evidence that proves this has been officially submitted to the court, who has chosen to ignore it and has muzzled the defense and ordered they not be allowed to mention it. The evidence shows that Hoffman, Templin, and the notary illegally obtained access to the profits of Fulmick's property. And not only is the court ignoring this evidence, they have summoned these same people as witnesses against Fulmick. The complaint states, Fulmick has also made himself liable to prosecution for embezzlement by purchasing the gold bars without the consent of the shareholders, obscuring their existence and possessing them for himself. But the purchase of the gold bars is also documented they are in holding and can only be accessed with the signatures of both Reiner Fulmick and Vivian Fisher. This is shown in company documents, which were never given to the public prosecutor, but they have been submitted by the defense and are being ignored by the court. Furthermore, while the court froze Fulmick's accounts, they failed to freeze the 1.158 million euros in Marcel Templin's account, which is presumably still there and appears to be the payoff for this internal coup. The trial is happening now in Germany, and the plaintiff's sloppy accusations are beginning to fall apart. One reporter at the trial said, The case was totally destroyed, and one could only sit there in amazement. A journalist from Biddle TV said that Reiner will not only be released, but also compensated. The people who did this to him, in my opinion, will be charged themselves. It is beginning to appear as if justice may finally be served.
1: I'm not perfect and I'm under a lot of stress, but if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to infowarsstore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at infowarsstore.com and that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds to clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillators, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer Nitric Boost, because it cost us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, Nitric Boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gate.
5: It's Thursday, February 15th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser.
6: Host this morning. Alex is out this week until either Sunday or Monday. I'm not sure if he's coming back on Sunday. I bet he will. Giving his larynx a little bit of a rest. He mentioned it on air, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday that his voice was just shot this week. And so he's going to give it a little bit of a much-needed and much-deserved break. But he'll be right back at it. So today on The Alex Jones Show, it will be hosted by Owen Schroyer. And your favorite host, Harrison Smith, will be hosting The War Room this afternoon. And the same schedule will be applied to tomorrow. As always, where do we begin with the news? Yesterday, something very interesting happened, which I want to spend some substantial time on. And one of the reasons I want to spend time on it is not only because I think it's so fascinating and disturbing and alarming, but I pay attention to how different posts perform that I post on X and different topics are trending just to get some insight with what's resonating with the audience. Many of those who follow me on social media are also InfoWars listeners. My following has grown since I got involved here at InfoWars. And yesterday I posted a sort of like, a, I guess, a short article About the accusations against Russia. The allegations against Russia. That they either have or are planning to have nukes in space. Space nukes. Nuclear weapons in orbit. Now. I don't understand all the details or intricacies around sort of the strategic reasoning for wanting to put nukes in space. Obviously, it would be expensive to do that. A lot of research and development necessary. I imagine it's because if you have nukes in space, they can sort of orbit the planet and attack targets in a much more rapid, accurate way with much more difficulty in terms of defending against those those nukes. That's what I imagine. But – I did a little bit of research looking into this, and apparently there was a treaty in 1967 called the Outer Space Treaty. And it was between a number of superpowers, large nations, first world countries, NATO nations, and the USSR at the time, where everyone basically got together during this sort of push for nuclear non-proliferation and agreed that although... These nations would continue to develop their defenses. Would continue to develop their nuclear arsenal. Would continue to test nuclear weapons. They agreed that they would put no nukes in space. In 1967. And I find it incredibly interesting. How some of the pieces are coming together. Around this Russia, Ukraine, NATO, United States conflict. So. We have Putin last week speaking with Tucker. Obviously, Putin is not somebody who frequently interacts with American journalists other than perhaps Edward Snowden, who's in asylum in Moscow, and Tucker Carlson. And when you look at somebody like Putin, regardless of whether you like Putin or whether you despise Putin, regardless of whether you think he's a good man or an evil despot, you cannot underestimate how sophisticated and how intelligent this man is. People say former KGB, former KGB. I don't think he's just any KGB guy. I mean, imagine being in sort of a prominent intelligence position during the Soviet Union. Then when that Soviet Union collapses, you have utter chaos in the USSR. You have generals that are selling off weapons, You have a lot of under-the-table deals going on. Your entire economic structure is basically resetting right beneath you. And somehow, as a former intelligence officer of the USSR, you manage to get in the leadership of this new Russia. And not only do you stay in leadership in this new Russia, but you actually move up. And successfully establish yourself as the president of this country. And you're not killed or assassinated or cooed out for decades. So regardless of whether you think Putin is an evil man or a good man. I happen to think that he's guilty of many of the things that his critics say he's guilty of. You cannot underestimate how strategically brilliant this man is. And it's interesting to me that they had this... Tucker interview come out and they decided to do a press briefing with the president of the United States basically at the same time. So everybody had a very clear A-B comparison of Vladimir Putin versus Joe Biden. And the disparity between the two, in my opinion, was absolutely astounding. I mean, it's one thing to watch clip after clip of Joe Biden collapsing or to watch clip after clip of Joe Biden failing to complete sentences, forgetting when his son died just sort of asinine astronomical flaws. But it's another thing to see that juxtaposed to someone like Putin responding in a very thoughtful, strategic and tactful way to difficult questions about perhaps the most controversial issue of our time this year, which is this conflict in Ukraine. And I'm not saying that he was telling the truth or that he was right or that we should rally behind Russia or support Putin. I'm not an apologist for Putin. But it is obvious that he handled that interview with Tucker masterfully. And when we analyze how smart this guy is, he speaks German fluently. He speaks English as well. Fluently, he's been known to correct his translators when they mistranslate English being translated to him, and this guy knows. He just prefers to speak in Russian because I believe it's sort of the most sophisticated language that he can speak in, and he has the most—he's most masterful of Russian, right? So when he wants to convey important ideas or be absolutely sure that he's getting a message across, he uses Russian and then relies on translators. But he understands these languages; he knows what's going on. He's tactfully, strategically brilliant, and. When we analyze what he's doing, we shouldn't just analyze what he says, but we should ask the question why. Why did he decide at this particular time to have a conversation with Tucker Carlson? Well, the first thing is Tucker Carlson no longer works for Fox News. So he knows that he's speaking to a journalist that isn't beholden to an editor or a producer or any sort of top-down management of whether or not this interview is going to be cut, edited, or just closeted. Altogether, that's the first thing. But the second thing is, it's so fascinating to me that this happens, this interview happens inside of a week of these accusations against Russia regarding these space nukes. Not to mention the fact of how funny it is that now they're criticizing Russia of space nukes after years of making fun of Donald Trump for establishing the space force. In the event that these space nukes are a reality, it seems to me that maybe the Space Force was actually a prudent presidential decision. Why is nobody talking about that? And so I'm looking at this. All right. They told us not to listen to the Putin interview. Everybody said the Putin interview was going to be Putin propaganda. Before the interview even came out, the antagonism for it, regardless of what the substance of it was, was overwhelming. Overwhelming. Which I find just inherently problematic because if we're going to criticize an interview, we should probably at least listen to it first. It's like writing a review of a movie before the movie comes out just sort of based on the trailer. That's basically what the entire leftist establishment did, whether it was on X, from independent podcasters and journalists all the way sort of up the ladder to the New York Times and the intelligence community itself coming out and saying don't believe a word that Putin says. So they're telling us that Putin is a liar about everything. And then within a week, they are making these accusations of space news. And a couple of things on the space news. First thing that comes to mind is I find it very hard to believe that Russia, China, and the United States haven't had nuclear weapons in space for years despite the fact that they signed the Outer Space Treaty of 1967 prohibiting the placement of nukes in space. That's the first thing. So when I hear that Russia's got nukes in space, I, as a listener or just as, as a regular citizen, I'm not any more alarmed or concerned for my safety than I was before. I mean, if if Russia has enough nukes to destroy the planet 10 times over, 100 times over already, and we know that we don't have enough defenses to stop all their nukes that they were launched at once, as was the sort of dilemma of the Cold War, then why would I be any more fearful of Russia having nukes in space? It's just... It doesn't make sense to be scared or to, or to take this as a serious threat. Even if it's true, it's, it's like, okay, well they could, so you're telling me that not only can they kill us A, B, and C ways, but they could kill us D ways too? Like, come on. But what's alarming to me is when you connect all of the dots. So take a look at what, was it the defense minister of Sweden? Or Switzerland, I always mix them up, the ESWs, said regarding getting into NATO in July, regarding a likelihood of war with Russia this summer. I mean, nations that have traditionally remained neutral for years are now preparing for war with Russia. That's bizarre. Why is the entire international community preparing for a war with Russia? Then you have this interview come out, sort of out of nowhere between Putin and Tucker. We saw the backlash to it even before it came out. Then once it comes out, it's sort of eye-opening. A lot of the things that were said were were reasonable points. And then now we have this accusation against Russia of these space nukes. Now, we've seen cheap shots for years from the left and the right, frankly, on the so-called enemies of America on political opponents. We know that there's... This game that's played on the media landscape, on the, on the media stage, where there's jabs and there's just sort of maneuvering. But there's a difference between moving a few pawns around and going in for a major conflict over the center of the board. Right In chess, the game actually result, re- revolves around control of the center of the board. The four squares right in the middle. And he who controls the four squares typically winds up with the checkmate. And so there's tertiary things that happen or tangent things that happen sort of on the outside of the center conflict in chess and, and in this sort of media political landscape. And then there's the major conflict, the denouement that happens like in the middle of the board. And I actually think that what we saw yesterday is an example of a major development. As subtle as it was, as whatever as it was, as sort of psyop as it was. And I shared my thoughts on X about this. It's reached, I think, over a million people now. It really popped off, and I wanted it to because it was important to me to see this or to show this to people, for people to see this. If Russia is formally and publicly accused of violating the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. And I know that it's Russia, not the USSR. But Russia did inherit the treaty obligations of the USSR as part of the collapse of the Soviet Union. If Russia is being publicly accused of this, then that means that this could be used as a legal justification for the United States and NATO to get involved in a war directly with Russia, explicitly with Russia, our soldiers on the ground, NATO soldiers on the ground, basically before Ukraine completely loses. So we, we accuse Russia of violating the outer space treaty of 1967, and then that is how NATO is justified to go in and wage war against Russia. And if we look at the details of what happened yesterday, and I'm going to show you the clip of Jake Sullivan talking about this. It's very interesting to me that there was this so-called major national security vulnerability or threat. The public was immediately notified about it existing, whatever this threat may be, despite the fact that it was classified, A. So they want the public to know. B, basically instantly the details of the threat were leaked to the public. So either the intelligence community is completely incompetent regarding keeping the secret or they leaked it intentionally because they want people to know about it. Right. And the reason they would want people to know about the details of this classified threat is because it has to be public knowledge in order for NATO to wield it or leverage it or use it as an excuse to engage in an explicit military conflict with russia on behalf of ukraine i want to go ahead and run to this clip of jake sullivan discussing the national security threat yesterday in a briefing
2: house intelligence uh chair speaking out about a imminent, or he doesn't say imminent, serious national security threat, the lack of your ability to say anything has the potential to raise distress for some Americans. In the simplest of terms, can you tell Americans that there's nothing they have to worry about right now in terms of what he describes as a national security threat? Look, I think in a way that question um, it is impossible to answer with a straight yes, right? Because Americans uh, understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them, and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. I am confident that President Biden, in the decisions that he is taking, is going to ensure the security of the American people going forward. And I will stand here at this podium and assert that, look you in the eye with confidence, that we believe that we can and will and are protecting the national security of the United States and the American people. Perfect. Thank you.
6: So not only is Jake Sullivan coming out and talking about this national security threat, saying, hey, it exists, but I can't tell you about it. Trust me. Why? I can't tell you. Which so we always hear from these people. But then we have House Intel Chair issuing a cryptic warning of a serious national security threats sort of right after this, urging Biden to declassify the details. Why would they need to declassify the details? So if they are the ones responsible for na- national security, if they are the ones who can actually respond to this threat, if they are the ones who understand all the details, Why is it that they want to declassify it so the public can know? The only reason that they want to declassify information is because they want public support in order to get the political power needed to expand beyond their current capabilities. So if we imagine all of the things that our government can legally do now without any sort of support or approval from the people – It's astronomical power that they have. I mean, we hire mercenaries. We can send troops around. We can train anyone. We can sort of indiscriminately bomb different proxies of Iran without congressional approval. I mean, the United States has substantial military power regardless of whether the people support it, regardless of whether Congress supports any sort of military action. And so the fact that they're calling for this to be declassified means that they need political support for even more power than they already have. And what could they possibly need more power for other than a serious explicit escalation of this conflict basically between Russia and the rest of the world, the globalist community? House Intelligence Committee, Char- Committee Chairman Mike Turner, Republican from Ohio, on Wednesday issued a cryptic warning of a serious national security threat against the United States. I'm going to read this statement to you directly from the chairman. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. Obviously, if you make information available to all members of Congress, you basically guarantee that it's going to be leaked to the public. So... He's saying here that they decided they wanted the public to know. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Congress, the administration, and our allies. So he's saying so that NATO can respond to this threat. So we have to declassify the threat in order for NATO to be able to use it as political leverage or political justification to wage war more explicitly on Russia. And I don't know if this threat is real or fake or the details, but it doesn't really matter whether or not it's real or fake. What matters is how it's being used. It doesn't really matter whether or not 9-11 was an inside job or not. It was still going to be used opportunistically by the deep state to expand its own power, as we saw with the Patriot Act. And so we see our members of Congress, we see our leaders, Republicans and Democrats alike, basically in this uniparty wanting this information declassified so it can be used to leverage the international community into an explicit conflict. with Russia. I mean, I honestly think that they're trying to start World War III right now. And the only reason I can think of that makes sense is that Ukraine is on the brink of total undeniable defeat. I mean, it basically is on the brink of not existing anymore. The capital in Ukraine is being bombed constantly. Moscow, I don't think, has been bombed once in this whole war. So it's very obvious who's winning and who's losing this conflict. We've sent billions upon billions of dollars. And frankly speaking, no matter how many weapons we send to Ukraine, no matter how much we provide in terms of services, training, and supplies to Ukraine, if they don't have men to fight a war over there, then there's nothing we can't buy a victory. There's nothing we can do. You just simply can't win when there's not people to win, when there's not an opponent left. And so knowing that Ukraine is on the on the brink, basically, of total defeat, it seems to me that NATO and our leaders and our intelligence community have made the decision behind the scenes to get involved in this war on behalf of Ukraine and that this is simply the pretext to justify that action so they're going to come out and they're gonna say how can we get involved legally in a war with Russia well let's look at all the treaties we signed with Russia and they go back and say oh this one outer space treaty 1967 if we can say or prove or fake or if they did just as we probably have we can say that Russia violated this agreement, then we can use that as a justification to activate actions which are were the very purpose for the establishment of NATO to begin with. I mean, NATO was made to sort of mitigate the USSR Cold War threat. It was supposed to contain and control this nuclear threat during the Cold War. And when the Cold War was over, somehow NATO didn't vanish like it should have. And so now it's going back to Cold War era treaties and negotiations and agreements to try to find any example of where Russia may have slipped up or where they can simply claim that Russia slipped up so that they can activate the power that they were granted during the Cold War, which is explicit military conflict with Russia. I mean, I think as of yesterday, before, you know, we would talk about being on the brink of nuclear war and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, they say that all the time. Yesterday was the first time in my life where I really thought, oh, okay, this this could happen. Now, I'm not talking about tomorrow, but Russia is not going to allow itself to lose any war. And if it gets to the point where Russia is about to explicitly lose in Ukraine or when the whole world is at war with them, it's going to be given no choice but to use its nuclear weapons. So why are we putting them in a position where... The most unreasonable thing becomes the most reasonable option. just doesn't make sense to me. We're going to cover more on the other side of this short break. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason that we're still on the air. Get bodies for 40% off. We'll be talking more about the products throughout the show as well. Stick with us, folks, for more on the other side.
1: Please go to InfoWarsStore.com and get amazing products. Like next-level foundational energy. Don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it, and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're fun in the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned, fundraisers, a signed copy, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists and Launch the Next Renaissance, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139.
7: In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest, the force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you.
1: Our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. But folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at infoWarsStore.com, then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at infoWarsStore.com. If just a half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a T-shirt or get some of our right supplements and then reorder them because they really work, just try it. We would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects. And I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next level foundational energy. Infowarstore.com. Or 888
8: Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
5: You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to
6: the American Journal, folks. I'm your host today, Chase Guys, I'll be filling in for Harrison for today and tomorrow. And Harrison will be hosting the War Room this afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time, while Owen Schroyer covers for the great Alex Jones at 11 a.m. Central. So we spent the last 20 minutes or so talking about these new sort of allegations against Russia regarding the violation of the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. And there's a couple other sort of variables that I see on the desk today that are are just fascinating to me. So the first thing I want to talk about is Putin says that he prefers Biden over Trump. So headed into the election season, it is perhaps only natural and entirely to be expected that the mainstream media will – hyperventilate over every side remark that Vladimir Putin makes on what's shaping up to be a Trump versus Biden match in November. Russian interference is no doubt always looming darkly on the horizon, we are told. So apparently Vladimir Putin came out and said that he prefers Biden over Trump. And let's just unpack this a little bit. So the first thing that occurred to me when... I heard of this yesterday is, okay, so the left is going to spin this. And I bet you, Kareen, if she hasn't already done a press conference, she's probably going to do one today. I bet you Kareen, is going to say that Putin is pretending to prefer Biden over Trump in order to support Trump. Putin knows that if he comes out and says that he supports Biden, since so many people hate Putin, that it can only help Trump. That's the angle that I think they're going to take this. We saw the Krasensteins do a little bit of this on X yesterday as well. And I replied with a quote post to my tweet basically saying that this was going to be what the left was going to do. This is the narrative. And the other thing is it's actually possible that it's true because Putin may want a weak president instead of a strong president if Putin seeks to accomplish is sort of international goals for Russia namely the maintenance and security of its own sovereignty and it just calls to mind you remember the interview between Tucker and Russia last week where Tucker explicitly asked Vladimir Putin when the last time was that Putin spoke with President Biden Putin responded i don't remember Now, it's possible that he was lying and he remembers, but he's trying to sort of downplay the significance or the importance of President Biden or even his own leadership. It's possible that he's basically trying to undermine the appearance of President Biden in the eyes of all the Americans who were watching the interview. It's also possible that their last interaction was... So inconsequential that Putin legitimately doesn't remember. I know that as I'm getting older, I'm having memories from high school or college. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I can't remember that person's name. I know exactly who it was. I could tell you all about him. Just don't remember their name. or don't remember the last time I saw him. or don't remember the last time I interacted with him. So it's possible he was just telling the truth. But one thing is for sure. He said that he hasn't spoken to President Biden since this war broke out in Ukraine, which I find incredibly bizarre and alarming given the fact that the United States is basically the number one supporter and funder of Russia. That, I mean, you think that if negotiations were called for that, that would be the first conversation. And so what occurs to me as a result of this new knowledge that we've been given, and I, don't, I don't even believe that the Biden administration has denied the veracity of Putin's claim that he hasn't spoken to Biden since before this conflict broke out. But what occurs to me is President Biden is so inconsequential, a president of the United States, he's so out of control, sort of handled and managed, that there's no reason whatsoever for Vladimir Vladimir Putin to have a conversation with him. I mean, you want to talk to a decision maker. I was in sales for years. I owned a small business. I have cold called thousands of people. I've i read sales pitches and sales scripts to so many people. I could still give you – I could still utter the script to you right now. Even when I was in eighth grade, the summer after eighth grade, I worked for a call center to save money because I wanted to buy some recording equipment so I could make music. I was interested in music then when I was 15. I remember, hi, this is Chase Geiser with TLMA Consulting. I'm sorry for calling out of the blue, but the reason we're calling is because we have several well-financed buyers in your area looking for businesses just like yours. Have you given any thought to selling your company in the next 12 months or so? I said that to thousands of people. And one of the first things that they taught me as a 15-year-old kid with braces, a bowl cut, and a tie-dye shirt, and a can of Mountain Dew was you have to get past the gatekeeper. Get to the decision-maker. It doesn't matter who you convince of how great the idea is. If they're not the decision-maker, then you're not going to close any deals. So the first thing was, you always want to get past the gatekeeper. You always want to get past whoever answers the phone and you want to talk to the small business owner right away because they're the only person that you can have a meaningful relationship with in order to manifest your goals, right? The same thing is true for international politics. Why would Putin waste his time... Speaking to Joe Biden on the phone when he knows, when Biden knows, when everybody knows, regardless of whether they're willing to admit it or not. I mean, denial isn't just a river in Egypt. Why would he waste his time having a conversation with someone who isn't responsible for making any of the actual meaningful decisions? So that's like the number one sort of proof to me. I obviously knew this. There's so much overwhelming evidence. But this is like the nail in the coffin. President Biden is not running the United States of America. We can argue all day about whether it's Barack Obama from his basement in sweatpants, whether it's Michelle Obama, whoever. I happen to think it's just sort of the intelligence community as a whole. run. I think it's run by committee, basically. But you can't deny that it's not Joe calling the shots. And that's why Vladimir Putin finds that it's more meaningful for for him to have a conversation with Tucker Carlson than with the president of the United States. I mean, we have an example of the leader of Russia in a major global conflict deciding to spend two hours in conversation with Tucker Carlson instead of deciding to spend two minutes On a phone call with the president of the United States because the two hours with Tucker is more consequential and meaningful and valuable than two minutes with Joe Biden. Tucker Carlson is literally more powerful than the president of the United States. At least in Putin's eyes. I mean, what other reason would there be? And frankly, we remember the Cold War between Russia and the United States. They had, what was it called, guys? Do you guys remember the name of that phone That they had where, where either the leader of Russia or the leader of the United States at any time could pick up the phone and immediately be on the the red phone. Yeah, immediately be on the phone with the other. So they decided, hey, since we're in this really hot, cold, hot, cold war, since we're in this really tense cold war and we understand the consequences of a nuclear exchange breaking out, maybe it would be a good idea for us to have the easiest way possible to communicate with each other at any time. So that there's no mistakes made, there's no misunderstanding that could cause basically the destruction of humanity on accident. I mean, when you're in a hyper-conflict with somebody, the the importance of communication is just astronomical. It's it's more important than ever to be able to communicate in a conflict like that. Whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's international – you have to be able to communicate. And the fact that we go from this sort of red telephone dynamic of the Cold War to haven't heard from the guy in three years is like, oh, my God, unprecedented. So, you know, we have people on in our administration who are speaking with people in their administration. He's basically admitting that this country and his to some extent is run by the staff. It's this bureaucratic system where the leaders are just sort of puppets or talking heads and the real decisions are being made behind the scenes by appointed bureaucrats not accountable to the constituents of their nation. More on the other side.
1: It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good. And it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible. And I almost forgot, it's 40% off. So... Get your Nitric Boost now for 40% off while it's still in stock and discounted at infowarstore.com. You owe yourself a favor. Go research Nitric Boost and then get it. It funds the Infowar, does incredible things for your body. Nitric Boost, 40% off, Infowar Store. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed.
5: Hey,
9: let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking it? About four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people, the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines, and they didn't have the same effect. But, so X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out.
5: You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
6: Welcome back. American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Reporting from the Command Center here in Austin, Texas time talking about the fact that Putin hasn't spoken to Biden since before this war broke out. Now we're on the cusp of World War III and they're not even talking to each other. It's crazy. And this short clip from yesterday that really popped off on X could be an example of the reason why. I mean, just look at how vacant and distant and just overwhelmingly alarmingly dementia ridden. This man is oblivious. Let's go ahead and run it.
10: President Biden, do you have any comment on Russia deploying nuclear weapons into space? (laughs) President Biden, is that the classified information Russia considered?
9: Are you concerned about Russia sending nukes
8: to the space? Oh, man.
6: Jill's wearing orange because secretly she supports Trump. Another interesting aspect of this is is how – pay attention to how we're going to see those who have traditionally supported Ukraine kind of respond over the course of the coming days to all this. I find it very interesting. I see this article on the desk here from Infowars.com. Lindsey Graham's about face on Ukraine shows GOP patients with Kiev regime has run out. So – I'm not sure that this headline is an accurate characterization. I don't know if that it isn't. But it seems to me that there's a lot of pressure from Republican voters being applied to Republican leaders about the Ukraine funding. Everybody's frustrated about it. Everybody's frankly pissed off that we've given Billions upon billions of dollars for the protection of the border of Ukraine and totally neglected the protection of our very own border. There is a there is rising animosity for any political figure who supports Ukraine in this country. Basically, every every time something painful happens to an American or something painful happens in America, the bitterness meter goes up for any support for Ukraine. And the right feels this. And so what they started doing was the, the leadership on the right started by pretending to play hardball against Ukraine and really sort of in name only doing that. Behind the scenes, they're passing this stuff. This this, this new stuff that's passing is just asinine with 95.
0: It appears as if German lawyer Reiner Fulmich, who recognized the covid crimes against humanity as early as 2020, has been set up. Fulmuk was spearheading a project known as the Second Nuremberg. It appears as if German lawyer Reiner Fulmick, who recognized the COVID crimes against humanity as early as 2020, has been set up. Fulmuk was spearheading a project known as the Second Nuremberg and co-founded the Corona Investigative Committee. His committee consulted about 150 scientists and experts from around the world as well as former employees of the World Health Organization. And their findings showed them that the COVID measures were the first steps in a plan to destroy regional economies in order to make populations dependent upon global supply chains and were intended to reduce the population and install a world government under the United Nations. The Corona Committee received a lot of donations, which they believed were not safe due to the recent history of bank accounts being seized by complicit governments. One million euros in gold was purchased and put in holding. To fund operations, both Reiner Fulmick and Vivian Fisher took out secured loans.
2: At a time of grave risk for the money in our bank account, we decided... To act immediately, and we took money out of that account, both she and I did, in order to save it and keep it from such an attachment so that we would be able to continue with our work because had our account been attached, our bank account been attached, we wouldn't have been able to pay for the
0: translators, for the IT, for the management, etc., etc. Reiner's loan was for 700,000 euros and was to be repaid with the proceeds from selling his home, all documented and agreed upon by the committee. Members of the Corona Committee met with a law firm in August of 2022 and filed criminal charges against Fulmik. Committee members Justice Hoffman, Marcel Templin, and Antonia Fischer claimed that Fulmik embezzled 700,000 euros, the loan that he officially took out. They claimed he was a violent anti-Semite and that if he were given the opportunity to comment before criminal proceedings began, they would not file the complaint. Two warrants were issued for his arrest from Germany and from the EU without Reiner's knowledge. Without an international arrest warrant, German and Mexican authorities illegally abducted Fulmick at the German embassy in Mexico. He was then flown to the Frankfurt airport where he was arrested and put in jail. International law experts are calling his arrest an illegal kidnapping. According to documented company plans, Fulmick's loan was to be repaid after the sale of his property, but the very same people that filed the complaint against Fulmick sabotaged this agreement. The contracts stated that the profits of the Fulmic property was to be transferred to a Fulmic account so that he could repay the loan. But the notary, who was sworn to be neutral and independent, instructed the buyers to transfer the 1.158 million euros into Marcel Templin's account, which made it impossible for Reiner to repay the loan. The loans were transparently agreed upon in written contracts. There was no secrecy, and the company was aware of the loans at all times. The evidence that proves this has been officially submitted to the court who has chosen to ignore it and has muzzled the defense and ordered they not be allowed to mention it. The evidence shows that Hoffman, Templin and the notary illegally obtained access to the profits of Fulmick's property. And not only is the court ignoring this evidence, they have summoned these same people as witnesses against Fulmick. The complaint states Fulmick has also made himself liable to prosecution for embezzlement by purchasing the gold bars without the consent of the shareholders, obscuring their existence and possessing them for himself. But the purchase of the gold bars is also documented. They are in holding and can only be accessed with the signatures of both Reiner Fulmick and Vivian Fisher. This is shown in company documents, which were never given to the public prosecutor, but they have been submitted by the defense and are being ignored by the court. Furthermore, while the court froze Fulmix accounts, they failed to freeze the 1.158 million euros in Marcel Templin's account, which is presumably still there and appears to be the payoff for this internal coup. The trial is happening now in Germany, and the plaintiff's sloppy accusations are beginning to fall apart. One reporter at the trial said, The case was totally destroyed, and one could only sit there in amazement. A journalist from Biddle TV said that Reiner will not only be released, but also compensated. The people who did this to him, in my opinion, will be charged themselves. It is beginning to appear as if justice may finally be served.
1: I'm not perfect. I'm under a lot of stress. But if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down, we got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds that clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins, capillators clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer Nitric Boost because it costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, Nitric Boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the gauge.
5: It's Thursday, February 15th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am
6: Chase Geyser. host this morning. Alex is out this week until either Sunday or Monday. I'm not sure if he's coming back on Sunday, but he will. He's giving his larynx a little bit of a rest. He mentioned it on air, I believe on Monday or Tuesday, that his voice was just shot this week, and so he's going to give it a little bit of a much-needed and much-deserved break. But he'll be right back at it. So today on The Alex Jones Show, it will be hosted by Owen Schroyer, and your favorite host, Harrison Smith, will be hosting The War Room this afternoon. And the same schedule will be applied to tomorrow. As always, where do we begin with the news? Yesterday, something very interesting happened, which I want to spend some substantial time on. And one of the reasons I want to spend time on it is not only because I think it's so fascinating and disturbing and alarming, but I pay attention to how different posts perform that I post on X and different topics are trending just to get some insight with what's resonating with the audience. Many of those who follow me on social media are also InfoWars listeners. My following has grown since I got involved here at InfoWars. And yesterday I posted a sort of like, a, I guess, a short article About the accusations against Russia. The allegations against Russia. That they either have or are planning to have nukes in space. Space nukes. Nuclear weapons in orbit. Now. I don't understand all the details or intricacies around sort of the strategic reasoning for wanting to put nukes in space. Obviously, it would be expensive to do that. A lot of research and development necessary. I imagine it's because if you have nukes in space, they can sort of orbit the planet and attack targets in a much more rapid, accurate way with much more difficulty in terms of defending against those those nukes. That's what I imagine. but. I did a little bit of research looking into this, and apparently there was a treaty in 1967 called the Outer Space Treaty, and it was between a number of superpowers, large nations, first world countries, NATO nations, and the USSR at the time, where everyone basically got together during this sort of push for nuclear non-proliferation and agreed that although... These nations would continue to develop their defenses. Would continue to develop their nuclear arsenal. Would continue to test nuclear weapons. They agreed that they would put no nukes in space in 1967. And I find it incredibly interesting. How some of the pieces are coming together. Around this Russia, Ukraine, NATO, United States conflict. So. We have Putin last week speaking with Tucker. Obviously, Putin is not somebody who frequently interacts with American journalists other than perhaps Edward Snowden, who's in asylum in Moscow, and Tucker Carlson. And when you look at somebody like Putin, regardless of whether you like Putin or whether you despise Putin, regardless of whether you think he's a good man or an evil despot, you cannot underestimate how sophisticated and how intelligent this man is. People say pharma kgb, farmer KGB. I don't think he's just any KGB guy. I mean, imagine being in sort of a prominent intelligence position during the Soviet Union. Then when that Soviet Union collapses, you have utter chaos in the USSR. You have generals that are selling off weapons. You have a lot of under-the-table deals going on. Your entire economic structure is basically resetting right beneath you. And somehow, as a former intelligence officer of the USSR, you manage to get in the leadership of this new Russia. And not only do you stay in leadership in this new Russia, but you actually move up. And successfully establish yourself as the president of this country. And you're not killed or assassinated or cooed out for decades. So regardless of whether you think Putin is an evil man or a good man. I happen to think that he's guilty of many of the things that his critics say he's guilty of. You cannot underestimate how strategically brilliant this man is. And it's interesting to me that they had this... Tucker interview come out and they decided to do a press briefing with the president of the United States basically at the same time. So everybody had a very clear A-B comparison of Vladimir Putin versus Joe Biden. And the disparity between the two, in my opinion, was absolutely astounding. I mean, it's one thing to watch clip after clip of Joe Biden collapsing or to watch clip after clip of Joe Biden failing to complete sentences, forgetting when his son died just sort of asinine astronomical flaws. But it's another thing to see that juxtaposed to someone like Putin responding in a very thoughtful, strategic, and tactful way to difficult questions about perhaps the most controversial issue of our time this year, which is this conflict in Ukraine. And I'm not saying that he was telling the truth or that he was right or that we should rally behind Russia or support Putin. I'm not an apologist for Putin. But it is obvious that he handled that interview with Tucker masterfully. And when we analyze how smart this guy is, he speaks German fluently. He speaks English as well fluently. He's been known to correct his translators when they mistranslate English being translated to him. And this guy knows. He just prefers to speak in Russian because I believe it's sort of the most sophisticated language that he can speak in. He has the most, he's most masterful of Russian, right? So when he wants to convey important ideas or be absolutely sure that he's getting a message across, he uses Russian and then relies on translators. But he understands these languages. He knows what's going on. He's tactfully, strategically brilliant. And When we analyze what he's doing, we shouldn't just analyze what he says, but we should ask the question, why? Why did he decide at this particular time to have a conversation with Tucker Carlson? Well, the first thing is Tucker Carlson no longer works for Fox News. So he knows that he's speaking to a journalist that isn't beholden to an editor or a producer or any sort of top-down management of whether or not this interview is going to be cut, edited, or just closeted. Altogether, that's the first thing. But the second thing is, it's so fascinating to me that this happens, this interview happens inside of a week of these accusations against Russia regarding these space nukes. Not to mention the fact of how funny it is that now they're criticizing Russia of space nukes after years of making fun of Donald Trump for establishing the space force. In the event that these space nukes are a reality, it seems to me that maybe the Space Force was actually a prudent presidential decision. Why is nobody talking about that? And so I'm looking at this. All right. They told us not to listen to the Putin interview. Everybody said the Putin interview was going to be Putin propaganda. Before the interview even came out, the antagonism for it, regardless of what the substance of it was, was overwhelming. Overwhelming. Which I find just inherently problematic because if we're going to criticize an interview, we should probably at least listen to it first. It's like writing a review of a movie before the movie comes out just sort of based on the trailer. That's basically what the entire leftist establishment did, whether it was on X, from independent podcasters and journalists all the way sort of up the ladder to the New York Times and the intelligence community itself coming out and saying, don't believe a word that Putin says. So they're telling us that Putin is a liar about everything. And then within a week, they are making these accusations of space nukes. And a couple of things on the space nukes. First thing that comes to mind is I find it very hard to believe that Russia, China, and the United States haven't had nuclear weapons in space for years despite the fact that they signed the Outer Space Treaty of 1967 prohibiting the placement of nukes in space. That's the first thing. So when I hear that Russia's got nukes in space, I, as a listener... Or just as as a regular citizen, I'm not any more alarmed or concerned for my safety than I was before. I mean, if if Russia has enough nukes to destroy the planet 10 times over, a 100 times over already, and we know that we don't have enough defenses to stop all their nukes if they were launched at once, as was the sort of dilemma of the Cold War, then why would I be any more fearful of Russia having nukes in space? It's just... It doesn't make sense to be scared or to, or to take this as a serious threat. Even if it's true, it's, it's like, okay, well, they could, so you're telling me that not only can they kill us A, B, and C ways, but they could kill us D ways too? Like, come on. But what's alarming to me is when you connect all of the dots. So take a look at what, was it the defense minister of Sweden? Or Switzerland, I always mix them up, the ESWs, said regarding getting into NATO in July, regarding a likelihood of war with Russia this summer. I mean, nations that have traditionally remained neutral for years are now preparing for war with Russia. That's bizarre. Why is the entire international community preparing for a war with Russia? Then you have this interview come out, sort of out of nowhere between Putin and Tucker. We saw the backlash to it even before it came out. Then once it comes out, it's sort of eye-opening. A lot of the things that were said were were reasonable points. And then now we have this accusation against Russia of these space nukes. Now, we've seen cheap shots for years from the left and the right, frankly, on the so-called enemies of America and political opponents. We know that there's... This game that's played on the media landscape, on the, on the media stage, where there's jabs and there's just sort of maneuvering. But there's a difference between moving a few pawns around and going in for a major conflict over the center of the board. Right In chess, the game actually result, re- revolves around control of the center of the board. The four squares right in the middle. And he who controls the four squares typically lines up with the checkmate. And so there's tertiary things that happen or there are tangent things that happen sort of on the outside of the center conflict in chess and, and in this sort of media political landscape. And then there's the major conflict, the denouement that happens like in the middle of the board. And I actually think that what we saw yesterday is an example of a major development. As subtle as it was, as whatever as it was, as sort of psyop as it was. And I shared my thoughts on X about this. It's reached, I think, over a million people now. It really popped off, and I wanted it to because it was important to me to see this or to show this to people, for people to see this. If Russia is formally and publicly accused of violating the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. And I know that it's Russia, not the USSR. But Russia did inherit the treaty obligations of the USSR as part of the collapse of the Soviet Union. If Russia is being publicly accused of this, then that means that this could be used as a legal justification for the United States and NATO to get involved in a war directly with Russia, explicitly with Russia, our soldiers on the ground, NATO soldiers on the ground, basically before Ukraine completely loses. So we, we accuse Russia of violating the outer space treaty of 1967, and then that is how NATO is justified to go in and wage war against Russia. And if we look at the details of what happened yesterday, and I'm going to show you the clip of jake sullivan talking about this it's very interesting to me that there was this so-called major national security vulnerability or threat the public was immediately notified about it existing whatever this threat may be despite the fact that it was classified a so they want the public to know b basically instantly the details of the threat were leaked to The public. So either the intelligence community is completely incompetent regarding keeping the secret or they leaked it intentionally because they want people to know about it. Right? And the reason they would want people to know about the details of this classified threat is because it has to be public knowledge in order for NATO to wield it or leverage it or use it as an excuse to engage in an explicit military conflict with Russia on behalf of Ukraine. I want to go ahead and run to this clip of Jake Sullivan discussing the national security threat yesterday in a briefing.
2: House Intelligence uh, Chair speaking out about a imminent, or he doesn't say imminent, serious national security threat. The lack of your ability to say anything has the potential to raise distress for some Americans. In the simplest of terms, can you tell Americans that there's nothing they have to worry about right now in terms of what he describes as a national security threat? Look, I think in a way that question um, it is impossible to answer with a straight yes, right? Because Americans uh, understand that there are a range of threats and challenges in the world that we're dealing with every single day. And uh, those threats and challenges range from terrorism to state actors. And we have to contend with them, and we have to contend with them in a way where we ensure the ultimate security of the American people. I'm confident that President Biden in the decisions that he is taking is going to ensure the security of the American people going forward. And I will stand here at this podium and assert that look you in the eye with confidence that we believe that we can and will and are protecting the national security of the United States and the American people.
6: So not only is Jake Sullivan coming out and talking about this national security threat saying, hey, it exists, but I can't tell you about it. Trust me. Why? I can't tell you. So we always hear from these people. But then we have House Intel chair issuing a cryptic warning of serious national security threats, sort of right after this, urging Biden to declassify the details. Why would they need to declassify the details? So if they are the ones responsible for na- national security, if they are the ones who can actually respond to this threat, if they are the ones who understand all the details – why is it that they want to declassify it so the public can know? The only reason that they want to declassify information is because they want public support in order to get the political power needed to expand beyond their current capability. So if we imagine all of the things that our government can legally do now without any sort of support or approval from the people – It's astronomical power that they have. I mean, we hire mercenaries. We can send troops around. We can train anyone. We can sort of indiscriminately bomb different proxies of Iran without congressional approval. I mean, the United States has substantial military power regardless of whether the people support it, regardless of whether Congress supports any sort of military action. And so the fact that they're calling for this to be declassified means that they need political support for even more power than they already have. And what could they possibly need more power for other than a serious explicit escalation of this conflict basically between Russia and the rest of the world, the globalist community? House Intelligence Committee Committee Chairman Mike Turner, Republican from Ohio, on Wednesday issued a cryptic warning of a serious national security threat against the United States. I'm going to read this statement to you directly from the chairman. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. Obviously, if you make information available to all members of Congress, you basically guarantee that it's going to be leaked to the public. So... He's saying here that they decided they wanted the public to know. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Congress, the administration, and our allies. So he's saying so that NATO can respond to this threat. So we have to declassify the threat in order for NATO to be able to use it as political leverage or political justification to wage war more explicitly on Russia. And I don't know if this threat is real or fake or the details, but it doesn't really matter whether or not it's real or fake. What matters is how it's being used. It doesn't really matter whether or not 9-11 was an inside job or not. It was still going to be used opportunistically by the deep state to expand its own power, as we saw with the Patriot Act. And so we see our members of Congress, we see our leaders, Republicans and Democrats alike, basically in this uniparty, wanting this information declassified so it can be used to leverage the international community into an explicit conflict. with I mean, I, I honestly think that they're trying to start World War III right now. And the only reason I can think of that makes sense is that Ukraine is on the brink of Total undeniable defeat. I mean, it basically is on the brink of not existing anymore. The capital in Ukraine is being bombed constantly. Moscow, I don't think, has been bombed once in this whole war. So it's very obvious who's winning and who's losing this conflict. We've sent billions upon billions of dollars. And frankly speaking, no matter how many weapons we send to Ukraine, no matter how much we provide in terms of services, training, and supplies to Ukraine, if they don't have men to fight a war over there, then there's nothing we can't buy a victory. There's nothing we can do. You just simply can't win when there's not people to win, when there's not an opponent left. And so knowing that Ukraine is on the on the brink, basically, of total defeat, it seems to me that NATO and our leaders and our intelligence community have made the decision behind the scenes to get involved in this war on behalf Of Ukraine, and that this is simply the pretext to justify that action. So they're going to come out and they're going to say, How can we get involved legally in a war with Russia? Well, let's look at all the treaties we signed with Russia. They go back and say, Oh, this one, Outer Space Treaty 1967. If we can say or prove or fake, or if they did, just as we probably have, if we can say that Russia violated this agreement, then we can use that as a justification to activate actions which are were the very purpose for the establishment of NATO to begin with. I mean, NATO was made to sort of mitigate the USSR Cold War threat. It was supposed to contain and control this nuclear threat during the Cold War. And when the Cold War was over, somehow NATO didn't vanish like it should have. And so now it's going back to Cold War era treaties and negotiations and agreements to try to find any example of where Russia may have slipped up or where they can simply claim that Russia slipped up so that they can activate the power that they were granted during the Cold War, which is explicit military conflict with Russia. I mean, I think as of yesterday, before, you know, we would talk about being on the brink of nuclear war and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, they say that all the time. Yesterday was the first time in my life where I really thought, oh, okay, okay, this, this could happen. Now, I'm not talking about tomorrow. But Russia is not going to allow itself to lose any war. And if it gets to the point where Russia is about to explicitly lose in Ukraine or when the whole world is at war with them, it's going to be given no choice but to use its nuclear weapons. So why are we putting them in a position where... The most unreasonable thing becomes the most reasonable option. just doesn't make sense to me. We're going to cover more on the other side of this short break. Make sure you visit InfowarsStore.com. Be the reason that we're still on the air. Get bodies for 40% off. We'll be talking more about the products throughout the show as well. And stick with us folks for more on the other side.
1: Please go to InfowarsStore.com and get amazing products like next-level foundational energy. I don't have time to tell you about it, just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it, and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're fun the operation. Get a copy of my book. That keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned, fundraisers. The signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next renaissance. Infowarsstore.com or 888-253-3139. In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the
7: power of TurboForce rises above the rest, the force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with TurboForce. Visit InfoWarsStore.com today, and may the TurboForce be with you.
1: Our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist. And people can't identify who's a patron who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the info war and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776 But folks, we're standing up for our rights. We're standing up for your rights. We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children. If you don't spread the word about the broadcast, if you don't share the links, if you don't buy products at m4store.com then I'm not griping at you. I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsTore.com. If just a half a percent more would go buy a book or a film or a T-shirt or get some of our great supplements and then reorder them because they really work, just try it. We would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarsstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next level foundational energy, Infowarsstore.com. Or 888
8: Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
5: You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch live right now at band.video.
6: Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm your host today, Chase Guys, I'll be filling in for Harrison for today and tomorrow. And Harrison will be hosting the War Room this afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time while Owen Schroyer covers for the great Alex Jones at 11 a.m. Central. So we spent the last 20 minutes or so talking about these new sort of allegations against Russia regarding the violation of the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. And there's a couple other sort of variables that I see on the desk today that are are just fascinating to me. So the first thing I want to talk about is Putin says that he prefers Biden over Trump. So headed into the election season, it is perhaps only natural and entirely to be expected that the mainstream media will hyperventilate over every side remark that Vladimir Putin makes on what's shaping up to be a Trump versus Biden match in November. Russian interference is, no doubt, always looming darkly on the horizon, we are told. So apparently, Vladimir Putin came out and said that he prefers Biden over Trump. And let's just unpack this a little bit. So the first thing that occurred to me when I heard of this yesterday is, okay, so the left is going to spin this. And I bet you, Kareen, if she hasn't already done a press conference, she's probably going to do one today. I bet you Kareen, is going to say that... Putin is pretending to prefer Biden over Trump in order to support Trump. Putin knows that if he comes out and says that he supports Biden, since so many people hate Putin, that it can only help Trump. That's the angle that I think they're going to take this. We saw the Krasnsteins do a little bit of this on X yesterday as well. And I replied with a quote post to my tweet basically saying that this was going to be what the left was going to do. This is the narrative. And the other thing is, it's actually possible that it's true because Putin may want a weak president instead of a strong president if Putin seeks to accomplish his sort of international goals for Russia, namely the maintenance and security of its own sovereignty. And it just calls to mind... Do you remember the interview between Tucker and Russia last week where Tucker explicitly asked Vladimir Putin when the last time was that Putin spoke with President Biden? Putin responded, I don't remember. Now, it's possible that he was lying and he remembers, but he's trying to sort of downplay the significance or the importance of President Biden or Even his own leadership it's possible that he's basically trying to undermine the appearance of President Biden in the eyes of all the Americans who were watching the interview. It's also possible that their last interaction was so inconsequential that Putin legitimately doesn't remember. I know that as I'm getting older, I'm having memories from high school or college and I'm thinking to myself, wow, I can't remember that person's name. I know exactly who it was. I can tell you all about him just don't remember their name. I don't remember the last time I saw him. I don't remember the last time I interacted with him. So it's possible he was just telling the truth. But one thing is for sure. He said that he hasn't spoken to President Biden since this war broke out in Ukraine. Which I find incredibly bizarre and alarming given the fact that the United States is basically the number one supporter and funder of Russia's. I mean, you'd think that if negotiations were called for that. That would be the first conversation. And so what occurs to me as a result of this new knowledge that we've been given, and I don't don't even believe that the Biden administration has denied the veracity of Putin's claim that he hasn't spoken to Biden since before this conflict broke out. But what occurs to me is President Biden is so inconsequential, a president of the United States, he's so out of control, sort of handled and managed that there's no reason whatsoever for Vladimir Vladimir Putin to have a conversation with him. I mean, you want to talk to a decision maker. I was in sales for years. I owned a small business. I have cold called thousands of people. I can. St- I've read sales pitches and sales scripts to th- so many people. I could still give you. I can still utter the script to you right now. Even when I was in eighth grade, the summer after eighth grade. I worked for a call center to save money because I wanted to buy some recording equipment so I could make music. I was interested in music then when I was 15. I remember, hi, this is Chase Geiser with TLMA Consulting. I'm sorry for calling out of the blue, but the reason we're calling is because we have several well-financed buyers in your area looking for businesses just like yours. Have you given any thought to selling your company in the next 12 months or so? I said that to thousands of people. And one of the first things that they taught me as a 15-year-old kid with braces, a bowl cut, and a tie-dye shirt, and a can of Mountain Dew was you have to get past the gatekeeper. Get to the decision maker. It doesn't matter who you convince of how great the idea is. If they're not the decision maker, then you're not going to close any deals. So the first thing was you always want to get past the gatekeeper. You always want to get past whoever answers the phone, and you want to talk to the small business owner right away because they're the only person that you can have a meaningful relationship with in order to manifest your goals right the same thing is true for international politics why would putin waste his time speaking to joe biden on the phone when he knows when biden knows when everybody knows regardless of whether they're willing to admit it or not i mean denial isn't just a river in egypt Why would he waste his time having a conversation with someone who isn't responsible for making any of the actual meaningful decisions? So that's like the number one sort of proof to me I obviously knew this, there's so much overwhelming evidence, but this is like the nail in the coffin. President Biden is not running the United States of America. We can argue all day about whether it's Barack Obama from his basement in sweatpants, whether it's Michelle Obama, whoever. I happen to think it's just sort of the intelligence community as a whole, run. I think it's run by committee, basically. But you can't deny that it's not Joe calling the shots. And that's why Vladimir Putin finds that it's more meaningful for, for him to have a conversation with Tucker Carlson than with the president of the United States. I mean, we have an example of the leader of Russia in a major global conflict deciding to spend two hours in conversation with Tucker Carlson instead of deciding to spend two minutes On a phone call with the President of the United States because the two hours with Tucker is more consequential and meaningful and valuable than two minutes with Joe Biden. Tucker Carlson is literally more powerful than the President of the United States. At least in Putin's eyes. I mean, what other reason would there be? And frankly, we remember the Cold War between Russia and the United States. They had, what was it called, guys? Do you guys remember the name of that phone That they had where either the leader of Russia or the leader of the United States at any time could pick up the phone and immediately be on the the red phone. Yeah, immediately be on the phone with the other. So they decided, hey, since we're in this really hot, cold, hot, cold war, since we're in this really tense cold war and we understand the consequences of a nuclear exchange breaking out, maybe it would be a good idea for us to have the easiest way possible to communicate with each other at any time. So that there's no mistakes made, there's no misunderstanding that could cause basically the destruction of humanity on accident. I mean, when you're in a hyper-conflict with somebody, the, the importance of communication is just astronomical. It's, it's more important than ever to be able to communicate in a conflict like that. Whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's international, you have to be able to communicate. And the fact that we go from this sort of red telephone dynamic of the Cold War to haven't heard from the guy in three years is like, oh, my God, unprecedented. So, you know, we have people on in our administration who are speaking with people in our administration. He's basically admitting that this country and his to some extent is run by the staff. It's this bureaucratic system where the leaders are just sort of puppets or talking heads and the real decisions are being made behind the scenes by appointed bureaucrats not accountable to the constituents of their nations more on the other side
1: it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman old or young Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good, and it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible, and i almost forgot. It's 40% off. So get your Nitric Boost now for 40% off while it's still in stock and discounted at infowarstore.com. You owe yourself a favor. Go research Nitric Boost and then get it. It funds the Info war. does incredible things for your body. Nitric Boost, 40% off, infowarstore. Store. Our world is so full of hype. So the chemicals that we ingest and and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled.
9: Hey, let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking it? About four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm -hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my, in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines and they didn't have the same effect. But, so X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out.
5: You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
6: Welcome back. American Journal folks, I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Reporting from the command center here in Austin, Texas. time talking about the fact that Putin hasn't spoken to Biden since before this war broke out. Now we're on the cusp of World War Three and they're not even talking to each other. It's crazy. And this short clip from yesterday that really popped off on X could be an example of the reason why. I mean, just look at how vacant and distant and just overwhelmingly alarmingly dementia
10: ridden. This man is oblivious. Let's go ahead and run it. President Biden, do you have any comment on Russia deploying nuclear weapons into space? (laughs) President Biden, is that the classified information Russia (laughs) considers? Are
9: you concerned about Russia sending nukes
6: to their space? Jill's wearing orange because secretly she supports Trump. Another interesting aspect of this is is how – pay attention to how we're going to see those who have traditionally supported Ukraine kind of respond over the course of the coming days to so all this. I find it very interesting. I see this article on the desk here from Infowars.com. Lindsey Graham's about face on Ukraine shows GOP patients with Kiev regime has run out. So – I'm not sure that this headline is an accurate characterization. I don't know if that it isn't. But it seems to me that there's a lot of pressure from Republican voters being applied to Republican leaders about the Ukraine funding. Everybody's frustrated about it. Everybody's frankly pissed off that we've given Billions upon billions of dollars for the protection of the border of Ukraine and totally neglected the protection of our very own border. There is a there is rising animosity for any political figure who supports Ukraine in this country. Basically, every every time something painful happens to an American or something painful happens in America, the bitterness meter goes up for any support for Ukraine. And the right feels this. And so what they started doing was the the leadership on the right started by pretending to play hardball against Ukraine and really sort of in name only doing that. Behind the scenes, they're passing this stuff. This, this, this new stuff that's passing is just asinine with $95 billion allegedly going to our so-called allies. And let's just imagine for a moment, Lindsey Graham's famously... Sort of a war hawk. We just need to put boots on the ground. We just need to get boots on the ground over there. Just our boys, our boys and boots. Famously a war hawk. Famously just part of the military industrial complex machine. And he knows that there's pressure to not support Ukraine. And so it's interesting that this sort of about face is happening Right as this space nuke allegation is coming out because now he can come out and say, Hey, I pull, I wanted to pull support from Ukraine, but now NATO's going to war with Ukraine. So we have to as, as allies of NATO, as part of NATO, we have to support them. So he's trying to backpedal from his support for Ukraine over the course of the last several years because now it's sort of inevitable that this is going to play out. And he's going to get what he wants. He's going to get his World War III, and he's going to try to feign that he, he didn't want it. I mean, Graham, considered to be among the most hawkish lawmakers in Washington, may be counting on collapse in Ukraine to sink U.S. President Joe Biden's re-election chances. Lindsey Graham, Republican from South Carolina, long considered one of the U.S. Senate's foremost advocates of a muscular U.S. foreign policy, raised eyebrows this week when he repeatedly voted against lethal aid for Ukraine and Israel. Yeah, well, why would you need to vote for aid against aid for Ukraine and Israel? If NATO is about ready to take care of it for you, we'll just give all the money to NATO and then by proxy we'll be supporting Ukraine. And so between this World War III sort of conflict that's about ready to break out, between these sort of bizarre mass shootings that we're seeing and then they get hush-hushed, between this totally open border and the obvious juxtaposition of Biden and Putin showing just how far gone Joe Biden really is. I mean, he was never a particularly bright guy, but now he's just not even functional. It's becoming more and more likely that Joe Biden isn't actually going to be the candidate. Kamala Harris has made remarks that she's ready to step up whenever necessary. Everybody's sort of spontaneously coming out and talking about how sharp Biden is behind the scenes. But it's almost just like a pat on the back before the. Get the hell out of here. That seems to be coming. And I was interested to hear Vivek's take on this. i want to run this clip. He was on Hannity the other night talking about Joe Biden not being the candidate. He's been saying this for months, if not years, that Joe Biden isn't going to be the candidate in 2024. And I would put the likelihood that he's right at probably 60%. It's very possible that Joe Biden is the candidate. But I think it's not going to happen. If I was a betting man, I would put all my money on anyone else. I don't know who it's going to be, whether it's going to be Michelle, whether it's going to be Hillary, whether it's going to be Gavin Newsom or someone unexpected. But I just cannot imagine the deep state wanting to install Biden again when it's just abundantly obvious that he's a decrepit old man that with a rotting brain. Let's go ahead and run the clip.
11: All a Harris problem because this is a party that is tied its very identity to identity politics she only got the job let's be very honest because of her race and gender i know you're not supposed to say that but it's the truth and so if they're going to move joe biden out of the way but they don't you're want talking kamala about harris that's
12: that, that that's absolutely. That, that is a known fact that's the core
11: and they know that and they know that kamala harris cannot be the nominee and so they have to have somebody who checks off one of those identitarian boxes so that's why i think it's not going to be gavin newsom whether it's michelle obama to hillary clinton to somebody else it has to be somebody who checks off their Temple of Identity Politics box. But I do think that that is where we're headed. And it's important for Republicans not to be complacent. Right now, President Trump would run laps around Joe Biden. This could be a Reagan-style landslide. You look at that survey of independent voters and that focus group, that tells you the same story I am seeing across this country, which is precisely because why I believe they're going to actually change it to someone other than Biden by the time we get to this summer.
12: Okay. Now, I have no reason not to believe David Axelrod, but he was, he was pretty strong in a statement saying Michelle's not running. Okay, that then brings up the Gavin Newsom issue. I've interviewed him, I have pressed him, I pressed him in the debate with Governor DeSantis on the issue of if he'd run. He's been very clear that he's not next in line, that the person that would be next in line would be the Vice President Harris. Okay, so how do you, how do you put, I guess push her out of the way and maybe go to Gavin if he would take it. I'm taking him at his word that he said he, th- he really wouldn't take it. Uh, then you got to look at Gretchen Whitmer. It's interesting that they are pushing out a book, as my understanding. uh Over the summer, that seemed to be kind of spontaneous. You think maybe she's been talked to or spoken to by people?
11: Well, the reality is even Hillary Clinton is now lightly criticizing Joe Biden. God knows she wants the job. I don't necessarily take David Axelrod at his word. I do think that it may not even be Michelle Obama's choice. The idea that just because she doesn't want to run doesn't mean they're going to make her the nominee, I think are two separate and different questions. But whatever it is, Sean, this is our moment to get ahead of that curve, not to play a guessing game. I think the Republicans right now have an opportunity to own the message of national unity Seal that border. Democrat or Republican, most Americans agree on its importance. Black or white, man or woman, it doesn't matter. We agree. Nations have borders. Merit beats DEI. That we got to drill more, frack more. Own the actual issues that allow us to unite this country. And the more we get ahead of that curve, the more we say that we own the message of national unity. Not Joe Biden who claimed to unite the country, but we the Republican Party. course coming Do, uh, out to make in America support again. We have to make-
6: of Trump and making his claim as to why he thinks that that Biden's going to be replaced and who he thinks it could potentially be. And how am I going to frame this? I've said before on air that war has transitioned from war of conquest to war of conspiracy. And we have so frequently and incessantly been the victims of government conspiracies basically since World War II, that I think part of the Great Awakening is not only this realization, but it's the catalyzation, the fueling of our own conspiracy. So if we are losing by conspiracy, then we have to fight back with conspiracy. It's why I've said that the Second Amendment hasn't really applied to this Corruption that we've seen because it's not been a war fought on a front, but a war fought by conspiracy. And what we saw from Vivek. Was somebody who covertly and he's never explicitly said this. This is just my interpretation. Somebody who covertly ran against Trump. Basically said nothing negative about Trump for the entirety of his campaign, and then handed all of his followers and all of his support to Trump. This is the type of conspiracy that we need to be engaged in if we go, if we want to win against these
13: globalists more on the other side
0: naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America. Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD like Rebel Zen has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety relieve pain and decrease inflammation people have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia arthritis seizures chronic pain and epilepsy several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol increase serotonin and boost vitality order yours today at InfowarStore.com.
1: today at InfowarsStore.com, either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please get the historic book now. Go now to InfowarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at Infowars
8: Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
5: you're watching the american journal with your host chase geyser watch live right now at band.video
13: The rot is real. America is deliberately being destroyed from within. I don't know if I'm tripping or not, but is that an upside down cross, bro? As the expanse of the Western United States has finally been breached, it's as
14: if fentanyl is raining
13: on our reservation.
14: That I'll do anything to help. Marvin Weatherwax Jr. is a tribal leader here and says much of the drug activity on his reservation stems from Mexican cartels selling to community members and using their homes often in Remote areas as distribution hubs. Profit margins soar the further away from the Mexican border you go. A single fentanyl pill that costs between four and twenty-five cents to produce in Mexico can be sold for fifty cents or a dollar in San Diego and over a hundred dollars on some reservations here in Montana. Two years ago there were nineteen police officers for the whole reservation. So they sued the Bureau of Indian Affairs asking for help, but no help arrived. They now say they're down to seven officers. The Blackfeet declared a state of emergency two years ago after 17 people overdosed, leaving four dead in just one week.
13: The drug problem on our reservation, it's so serious that it's uh, pretty much wiping out a generation. Meanwhile, Democrat operatives are targeting black Americans that stray from their clutches of mind control. Now here's some photos from inside the
2: Upper Midwest Law Center. That group has been in the news many times for the work they do, supported by conservatives. The other conservative groups in the Golden Valley Office Building are the conservative think tank, the center of the American experiment, and Take Charge, a conservative group led by and centered on black Minnesotans.
9: Again, we've seen these patterns of behavior targeted to on uh, people, uh, I guess, especially on what they believe in. Um, if it's not in the popular, you know, popular culture, it feels like they have a license to hunt. And we need to make sure that that didn't happen anymore.
13: Congressmen are barred from investigating issues at federally funded immigration centers.
10: Yeah, we just wanted to come in and take a look if we could. We're down here. Uh, Natural Resources Committee had a hearing this week and um, just wanted to stop in. Take a look at how this place is operating because we understand that you have um, a lot of migrants coming through here. So, unfortunately, we're not allowed to uh, let anybody that's not part of, uh, you know, the employees and staff. Hey, ma'am. So we're we're not trespassing. No, we're here as members of Congress, and um, there are federal dollars that go into this operation, so we have oversight, and we just want to go in and see what your operation looks like. Okay, okay. We asked for access here. Um, this is federally funded. We believe that as members of Congress, me and Representative Lamalfa should be able to access. Um, but we will move on
13: from here. While foreigners declaring asylum ravage the United States like it's their personal ATM machine.
1: Crackdown on a Romanian organized crime ring accused of skimming more than $2 million from state-issued EBT cards in Orange County. 48 suspects under arrest, including one of Romania's most wanted criminals. Prosecutors say a cell of criminals moved from town to town using stolen EBT card cash to buy
0: baby formula, which is in dire need in Mexico. Then they went down to Mexico to trade the formula with drug cartels. Now three people with no U.S. IDs are taken into custody in central Florida.
11: They are accused of stealing money from ATMs, and investigators say it's part of a bigger international crime problem. All of these suspects are
9: transients. Detectives don't know where they live and in some cases don't even know their real names.
1: As we scoured through the arrest reports, we found three Romanian suspects from three different counties, all charged with fraudulent credit card crimes at ATMs like this one.
13: Time for the United States is running out. The rot is real, and it is exponentially accelerating. John Bound reporting. The
6: rot is real, and we are on the brink of World War III with these allegations of Russian space nukes. We did fire up an X space, so feel free to follow me on X at Real Chase Geyser. Join the space request to speak. Taking speakers and reporting more news for the next two hours. So stick with us, folks. We're going to be back after one minute.
1: I'm not perfect, and I'm under a lot of stress, but if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down, we got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com, and that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller. Because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds that clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins, and capillaries. clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boost because it costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% 40% off, out of the gate. You're watching the American
5: Journal with your host, Chase Geiser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back the american journal
6: i am chase geyser your host we do have a 22 minute uninterrupted segment as the listeners on x may be unaware we are broadcasting on live radio simultaneously to hosting the space and so every once in a while we do have to take commercial breaks for the sake of our radio syndicates and so we will be taking speakers sort of throughout the show as people request and pop in the only thing i ask is that you please refrain from profanity in the space because we can get in trouble with some of the radio stations if any of that is broadcast on radio because some of the decency laws around that so we've been talking this morning about the allegations of space nukes how this could be used to get nato into war with russia because technically it would be a violation of the outer space treaty of 1967 we've been talking about biden's potential replacement and all the other details around just sort of the general level of incompetence that we are witnessing from this administration. And it's such that it's the only I, – I pretty much have an opinion on everything almost immediately. Oftentimes my opinion is wrong because I'm flawed and foolish just like everybody else is flawed and foolish. But I am the type of person personality-wise who can pretty much render – in opinion immediately. When I go to a restaurant, it takes me like five seconds to decide what I want to order. When I bought my first house, I walked in, and in five minutes I said, okay, this is the one I want to make an offer on. I just make big decisions quickly, right? And when it comes to this level of just how terrible this administration has been, the thing that baffles me, the thing that I can't decide, and I'd be interested to hear what everybody thinks about this, what I can't determine is whether or not this administration is failing so miserably because it's incompetent or whether it's failing so miserably because it's basically acting against, intentionally acting against the the interests of the American people. And the first thing that sort of, not the first thing, but one of the big things that Raised my eyebrows about this administration was it repeatedly has claimed that it doesn't have the resources that it needs to protect the southern border, which we know isn't true. We know it somehow manages to come up with tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars for Ukraine. But it repeatedly claims that it doesn't have the resources to protect our border. And then when states like Texas come out and say, fine, if you can't do it, we will do it. The Biden administration doesn't respond by "thank you for your help, sorry we couldn't be more helpful," like you would expect a federal government charged with the task of protecting a border of its nation. But it responds by lawfare, lawsuits, condemnations, criticisms, calls that of, of humanitarian crisis at our border. Right. So it proved that it's not failing to protect. The southern border, this administration is in fact sponsoring the crisis intentionally. And so that's just one example. That's just one issue. But then you got to ask yourself is, is this applying to every issue that we have? I mean, it, is it the case that this administration is failing to prevent World War three or is it in fact sponsoring the onset or the escalation of World War three? That's the question that that I have, and I'd be interested to hear what Timothy Lastly has to has to say about it. He just requested to speak here in the X space. Tim, go ahead and unmute yourself. Do you think that this administration is in, is just incompetent or intentional in this sort of disaster that is its leadership?
15: Uh, I believe it's severely intentional. In fact, a, uh, Chase, we were born into an agenda. Mm. Um, this isn't happenstance. At all. I mean, they wrote books, they wrote manuals, they trained everybody, they set up colleges to instruct everybody, make sure that they were in lockstep. They did Operation Lockstep. This isn't happenstance, this isn't incompetence. These are trained professionals in democide.
6: Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, it's funny because for a long time, have you ever heard the expression, I'm sure you have, those who can't do teach? There's something that's just said kind of about... Educators and professors and teachers, generally speaking, and it—I think it also applies to to politicians. But you if you can't run a small business, then you get involved in government, right? That was sort of the big thing. But I think we underestimate because these people are so ignorant of everything else and what it's actually like to be an American and how what it's like to actually run a business. These these leaders are so ignorant of that that we underestimate how proficient they are at corruption at at, at politics. It's not easy to be as corrupt and conniving and, and sort sort of conceiving as they are one thing that we tend to leave
15: out of the equation is the satanic ritual abuse that these people have suffered and we're expecting them to have a human reaction but that's been removed from them by force by abuse by trauma and so once they're presented to the world they're basically a an automaton you know and they're only there for response and stimuli i I don't really think that we're dealing with like functioning human beings to the point where they can, you know, they have common sense and they can think on their own and, you know, make decisions. I think they're satanically virtually abused. And, you know, it's just it's one of those you know, factors we have so, to come to grips with. So
6: tell me, let's expand on that a little bit, because the word satanic is, is, has been thrown around a lot. Obviously we see it played out in pop culture and media these themes, we I can't tell you how many just examples of sort of weird satanic stuff we've seen, especially in music videos. It seems to be really integrated into the music business, even more than Hollywood, but also in Hollywood. Tell me the extent to which you think that satanic rituals are actually occurring, not just with actors and musicians, but explicit satanic rituals, not just Satan's influence, but explicit satanic rituals in terms
15: of on polit- our political leaders. Um, I'd say it's more than sixty percent of our current political leaders. Most of them are, are subjected to it. I don't see how the cabal let these like gaps exist. I think it, they were very concise in their you know development of this plan, and they made sure that they had everybody trained. I mean, I mean, this is going on for over a hundred years. I mean, the odd fellows, everything. I mean, they, it's just complete darkness. So it's. As far as like how, how many of them have been involved in this, it's hard to say, but still at the same time, what I like to emphasize is the fact that most of our culture has been rendered into either a satanic ritual or so close to it that, you know, the next step, the next part of the stimuli that they get to, it's kind of like a binary weapon. Mm-hmm. Like it, it operates in stages. So. I mean, it's it's significant. I mean, most of the United States is involved in darkness right now. Most of it, you know. And there's a lot of well, just a lot of cognitive dissidence and confusion. And with that mass formation, and you're trying to get like let's just talk about the politicians. Even if they weren't technically ritually abused, okay? the mass formation that people are subjected to, and once it dements itself in the brain, you start getting opposing stimuli, different thoughts coming in, and when they entertain those, a pain response happens.
6: Yeah. Well, and one of the things that that I think is interesting is just when you think about the story of Jesus saying to Peter, get behind me, Satan, right? It's a famous story. It shows, too, that Satanism isn't just sort of this Aleister Crowley ritual Hollywood thing. It is that, too. But it's also, in my opinion, just Satan's influence on people, culture, organizations and processes, right? So You know, Peter comes out and basically says he doesn't want Jesus to have to die and sacrifice himself. And Jesus says, get behind me Satan. Of course, Peter is appalled, but that is the adversary at work. Anything that discourages or inhibits or interferes or sets itself up as an obstacle. Of God's plan for mankind is, by definition, Satanism. It's 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 the adversary. So on the one hand, we we use the term Satanism. We think about these rituals and pentagrams and weird cults and and things like that and that that sort of thing is going on for for sure. But what's even more bothersome to me is sort of sort of discreet, insidious nature in which Satan works in the hearts and minds of all mankind.
15: Yeah, Mark Passio called it de facto Satanism, and that term really works. You know, it's it's just basically we're de facto Satanists to a large extent as a nation because of, you know, what we were born into. We were born into a concentration camp agenda. You know, it wasn't really, it was supposed to get the boomers to a certain point of acceptance and then collapse slowly, surely. You know, it's mm-hmm. the collapse of 1893, uh the Great Depression, all of these other, you know, historically changing events. It was all done by design.
6: Thanks, Timothy. I appreciate that. I want to give Free Texas News a chance to speak. If you're still there, Free Texas, right. go ahead and uh, un- unmute yourself. What do you have to say?
10: <laughs> yes, yeah, hey, great to meet you in the convoy line. Yeah, I remember you. Uh, That's sure why I called on, on you. Did you see the promo <laughs> video, which we plugged yeah. you Oh, yeah, I just dropped it in the pill. I had it pinned for a bit. Um Yeah, it was a real fun, man, to see myself on. I was like that other guy's. like, if I could see myself on InfoWars, I'll die, I'll die. No happy, word of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, I just kind of want to double down on what Timothy said there. I mean, you just can't do this many things that have deleterious effects on accident. You could have flipped a coin over the last... 20 years over the last five years, especially, um, and had better outcomes than, than what we've seen. And, you know, it's, um, it's unfortunate, you know, because it's causing a lot of divisions in my personal life too. Um, actually causing the end of my relationship where Mm. the only place I go that I'm told I'm crazy is home, you know, but I'm out talking to other people. They're seeing the same thing. And then to go home and be told, the world I'm seeing is not true and that I'm now maybe some sort of extremist. And I think that's the beginning of a type of cold civil war that's happening. That's dividing people along family and, you know, uh, along standing relationship lines. But at a certain point you got to stand up yeah. and realize we've got to move forward and have the courage to call the things as we see it, um, to seek the community and, and start local, right? Like look in your immediate circle, um, start speaking and spreading the truth and not being allowed to be deceived by the lies that are, that are being pumped at us. And it's, it's heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. Um, but we've got to have that courage, I believe.
6: Well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you have had some issues with your relationship as a result of, of this. You know, I covered this a couple of months ago, a few months ago, my best friend of 10 years basically reached out to me and said that he didn't want to be associated with me anymore. I think because I work for Alex Jones and it's, a terrible thing to experience something like that, but we can't really choose what we believe. We can choose what we say and what we do, but belief is something that occurs naturally as a symptom of experience and contemplation, right? So the more you experience or the more you research and the more you you contemplate, the more likely you are to believe something that is true, but the belief in it, is not a choice. I mean, it, if it was a choice whether to believe in God or not, many people would choose... Many people who are atheists would choose to believe in God. I know that if I were an atheist, I'm not. I would want it to be true. I would wish that it were true that God existed. And so if it was a simple matter of belief, then I would just choose to believe it. But uh, a simple matter of choice, then I would just choose to believe it. So... You know, That's why we have to be gracious and accepting and understanding. Not necessarily tolerant or complicit in, but we have to be humble enough about our own beliefs that we don't alienate good people who believe the wrong thing. right? And that's something that we see disproportionately from the left. We see the left – terminate friendships and relationships over political difference statistically more often than the right there's research and studies that show this and it's such a self-righteous thing to do to eliminate someone from your life not because of who they are but because of what they believe I mean that is some deep-rooted evil what are your thoughts on that
10: yeah and that's how I you know there's definitely a hole in my heart but Mm -hmm. um being demonized in your own home um and trying with compassion for years to continue to bring information that continues to be proven true and at a certain point it just, it was too much for me uh, unfortunately to you know um to keep going and just like well you know um anyway I don't want to go down that rabbit yeah, that's okay well and I, just wanna say, I just want to say I just want to say man from right. my
6: experience and maybe you've had this experience too the best the, the the worst things that happen to us always end up being the best things down the road. That's been my experience. And so sorry that you had this experience, but I think that you're gonna find in retrospect after some time passes that it ended up it was actually a really good thing.
10: That's what I'm hoping, man. I appreciate the the, the good words. I love
6: you, dude. Let's hear from Michael Sullivan. Michael Sullivan is requested to speak. Go ahead and unmute yourself and, and share what you have to say if you're still with us in the in the space. Michael, are you there? Uh it looks like he may have walked away after he requested to speak. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to add Clown Car as a speaker. Clown Car, as soon as you get connected here in the X space, go ahead and unmute yourself and say what you've got to say. In the meantime, what I'm going to do is just briefly mention how silly it is Hello. that Huma Abedin is now dating George Soros. You guys see that? Go ahead, Clown Car. are you there Or Michael, are you there? It looks like Michael's back.
4: Yes, I am. Very good. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, to your question and I I think you know the answer, you know that they're doing it on purpose. And this goes back to Biden being a keynote speaker at the World Economic Forum or him sitting up on stage and Klaus Schwab is saying the problem is the middle class, especially of the United States. And Biden sits there and nods and he passes he tries to pass legislation and bills. Entitled Build Back Better. I mean, they're using the same slogans as the World Economic Forum. So here's the problem. The problem is that Klaus Schwab has taken over half of the governments of the world, including the Democrat right. Party of the United States. And the level of treason is so high and there's so many committing it that it's almost like it's null and void or it's going to come to a point in our history where we have some kind of civil war and we have to deal with it. But the problem is, is that it is purposeful. It is intentional. And Trump is not doing a good, and I've called in before on this. Trump is not doing a good job of educating the public. I mean, he'll get up there and he'll do like little one liners. Like, you know, it's, it's like they hate our country.
16: Mm -hmm. Well,
4: okay, Trump, (laughs) let's, let's unpack that and educate the citizens of the united states so we know what we're up against and he simply will not do it and that is going to be his zionism and this problem right here his inability to articulate it which vivek is excellent if he's our vice president great tear him loose to do the job that trump is just not able to do or doesn't want to do i'm not sure what are
6: your thoughts yeah. on that? So I am going to push back a little bit. I don't I don't entirely disagree with you. Um, but let's put it let me put it to you in perspective this way. We've had Alex Jones on air for I think was it 30 years in April uh with InfoWars specifically a number of years before that for 3 hours a day. Early on he was doing 6 hours a day cuz he was doing 3 hours of public access TV and he was doing 3 hours of radio early on. So this is somebody who has come to prominence speaking for hours every day for decades to a large audience about the awareness of these issues. And there's a difference between like a – I don't want to – you got John the Baptist and then you got Jesus, right? And I'm not trying to compare Trump to Jesus. I'm just using this as like an a metaphor, an allegory, okay? You've got the guy who – with the bullhorn who makes everybody aware – of what's going on. And then you have the leader who comes in and leads the aware people to the light. Right? So that's that that's the way I see it. It's so difficult for a political candidate who whose real purpose is to just get as much support as possible to simultaneously explain complicated conspiracies and issues to a general populace that may not be the best at understanding nuance and Complicated issues. I mean, how easy is it in 60 seconds to explain the Federal Reserve and fractional reserve banking to the general populace. It's like impossible to do that, right? But that's like one of the major fundamental issues that has catalyzed our current corruption and political dynamic and all the wars that we're in and the petrodollar. I mean, you have to spend hours every day talking about it. You have to write tomes explaining it and you have to do investigations. Like Trump is just trying to give as much support as He knows what the issue is, but he knows if he just... Tells people what the issue is. That's not the same thing as getting people to vote for him or winning people over. You know what I mean? He's, he's got to market himself. You got to have that 30 second or that, that ele- he's got to have the elevator pitch, you know, cause you've only got 60 seconds to win these he's votes about, at a time. I, you
4: know? Right. Right. I think the issue is with Trump, why he doesn't get deep into it is because he's a, he knows that the media would spin it and make him a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and he may lose votes that way. And so I think you're right. He, he would rather outsource that to InfoWars and Roger Stone right. and Vivek. And, and th- that's, that's my only other guess. I wish he would do it more yeah. instead of writing a coffee table book with a bunch of pictures. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, in, in the long run, you're probably right. It's probably a, a, a strategic move on his part.
6: Well, Michael, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Make sure you guys check him out on X and, and check out his book as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. So we've got about two and a half minutes yeah, left. I, you, oh, go ahead.
4: Oh, I was going to say, I sent you a copy of my book and the movie script, but it got returned to me because I guess I sent it to the wrong address. I need to mail it to the P.O. box, just right? Send,
6: just send me a direct message. I'll send you my personal address. Just okay, don't, man. just don't show up on Christmas. Take it easy. All right. So. We've got two minutes left before we cut to radio break. I want to um invite Kyle to unmute himself and say what he's gotta say, but just please note that I am gonna have to cut everybody off in about two minutes for our radio commercial break, and then we'll come back right after that. Go ahead, Kyle. Hey, can you
3: hear me? Yes, sir.
8: Hey,
3: so I just wanted to touch on something you said to the other caller. Yeah. Um about um not not believing something that someone else believes and try not to alienate others. Yeah. I wanted to really quick read Second uh, John 1, 9 through 9-11. Um, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Yeah, but at the so same time, it says, pray cool for your enemies.
6: That. At the same time, there's all sorts of conflicts in the Bible. I mean, if, if if you look at, if you look, and I'm not saying that that's a flaw. I, I think it's a feature, okay? If you look at the, the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shall not kill. And then if you look at Ecclesiastes, it says, there's a time to kill. And then you have Jesus, you know, in the gospel saying things like this, right? Don't let somebody in your house, don't, don't wish them Godspeed. And then you have, on the other hand, Jesus saying, turn the other cheek and pray for your enemies. So what we have to do is we have to... Live in the space where these conflicts collide because that's where the wisdom is. So I'm not saying that we should endorse allowing snakes into our homes or that we should be so tolerant of this, of these human beings who are suffering from gender dysphoria that we allow them to babysit our children and and work in their schools and teach them. I'm not advocating for that level of acceptance. I'm just saying that as human beings, We should always work to find compassion and understanding in our hearts, even when dealing with evil men. Thank you so much. I'm sorry to cut you guys off. We will be taking more speakers on the other side of this four minute break in the radio.
1: But folks, we're standing up for our rights We're standing up for your rights We're standing up for all of our freedoms and our children If you don't spread the word about the broadcast If you don't share the links If you don't buy products at InfoWarsTore.com Then I'm not griping at you I'm just saying, what are you doing? Less than 1% of you ever buy a product at InfoWarsTore.com If just a half a percent more Would go buy a book or a film or a t-shirt or Get some of our right supplements And then reorder them because they really work Just try it we would be able to do so many things. I'm praying to God that he'll touch your heart to decide to support us. Infowarstore.com. It's been sold out. It's back in stock. Reformulated even stronger. Nitric boost to clean out your blood and your whole body. Vasodilation. It's got a lot of wonderful side effects, and I mean good ones. I'm going to leave it at that. It is powerful, so be careful with it. Next level foundational energy, Infowarsstore.com. Dot com or two five three three one three nine Please go to infoWarsStore.com and get amazing products like Next Level Foundational Energy. If I Don't have time to tell you about it. Just go research it. It is incredible. Just get it, and you will be amazed. And then at least you know you're funding the operation. Get a copy of my book that keeps me on air. Signed or unsigned. Fundraisers, the signed copy. The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalists and launch the next Renaissance infowarsstore.com or or 888-253-3139
7: In a galaxy of endless energy needs, the power of TurboForce rises above the rest. The force that propels you to tackle your day and face the dark side of fatigue. TurboForce ensures you stay sharp, alert, and at the top of your game. Don't let fatigue pull you into the dark side. Be the hero of your own saga. Harness the power, feel the rush, and take control with
1: Turbo Force. Visit
7: InfowarsStore.com today, and may the Turbo Force be with you.
1: Last year we put this book out. The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist, and people can't identify who's a patron and who isn't. We want to identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We want to let people know we're 1776 Part 2. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt, so you can support the Info War and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy, and it's quite the adventure. So get your 1776
8: InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today.
5: You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at Band.Video. We are back.
6: Live on radio and in X-Spaces on the American Journal, I am Chase Geiser. I'm your host today. Harrison Smith will be hosting the War Room this afternoon, and Owen Schroer will be hosting the Alex Jones Show in about 90 minutes from now. We are taking call speakers in the space periodically and covering the news as well. One thing I want to point out, Klaus Schwab, before I go to these speakers... Rebrands the Great Reset claims globalists want humanocracy instead of technocracy. So we've seen Alex Jones coming out speaking against technocrats and technocracy for years. We've seen him have a conversation with Elon Musk right when he got his account, when when Jones got his account back, the, the one where it was Elon Musk explicitly as Elon Musk about team humanity, and now it's interesting to me that we see Klaus Schwab coming out and talking about humanocracy instead of technocracy. This seems a little bit like a psyop, like they're trying to sort of – just like they stole the rainbow as a symbol, just like they steal words – and sort of redefine them and then use them like like racist and sexist and Nazi. They just take those words that have powerful energy and then they rebrand them and reuse them for their own will. It seems like they are trying to take the love of humanity itself and rebrand it for their sort of subversive means. I'd be interested to hear what everybody has to say. The first person I want to go to, and I want to remind everybody in the space, I know that typically on X spaces you can say whatever... Use whatever words you want, but we, we are broadcasting to radio, so please avoid using profanity so we don't get in trouble with our radio syndicates because the laws around profanity on, on the radio can result in findings and things like that. But I want to hear from Alex420. If you're still with us, I know you've been waiting to speak for some time. What are your thoughts on this news that Klaus Schwab is rebranding the Great Reset as humanocracy instead of technocracy? Alex, are you there? Okay, we're going to move on because I don't think he's there with us anymore, but let's hear from God of this world. God of this world, can you unmute yourself and tell us what you think?
3: Hello, are you there? Yes. Uh, I'm just watching a terrible, this is terrible. We have an NFL going, going with Taylor Swift and slamming drinks with some young thing and children being murdered. Yeah. And 500,000 dead Ukrainians on the other side of the world. Which is really all one world now. Yeah. But just quickly, I want to be honest, I've been on Alex's products for 10 years, uh, starting with the iodine and the, uh, everything else. And by the way, the new foundational plus the nitric boost is the bomb. Anyway, my, the biggest problem is pornography and the easy access to pornography. That has to be stopped in my opinion.
6: Yeah. It's not healthy. But
3: this is just what I think. I think if we could start there, I think people would be shocked because you can't unsee that. And I unfortunately saw that at an early age mm-hmm. and it distracted me for years. Yeah. So in my opinion, but thank you so much for everything you do. And I, I watch you every day, Chase, so you're awesome. Thank you so much.
6: I appreciate you. You're welcome, and thank you for taking the time to chime in and share those thoughts. I think it's very important that we sometimes just take a moment and really feel the weight of some of these issues that we're so easily desensitized to just because of their abundance. Next up, let's hear from Curtis Whiteside. Curtis, are you there? If so, go ahead and unmute yourself and say what you have to say. All right. I'm not seeing Curtis unmute himself. So I'm going to go on and dive in on this Klaus Schwab story here. The World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab rebranded his great reset system as humanocracy rather than a technocracy during the annual world government summit. So he was speaking at this annual summit. I believe it was just last week and we showed on this very network clips of him discussing the New World Order, which is what he's basically been in the business of doing for the last 50 years. And what was most fascinating to me, it was a great moment on this very show with Harrison diving in and analyzing the clip, is that we have Klaus Schwab admitting that he is using Chat GPT to help outline and define and strategize... The new world order. What is it going to look like? What are the steps? He's literally given speeches talking about how he showed ChatGPT. He discussed, conversed with ChatGPT for hours. He's, he's interacting with artificial intelligence to attempt to establish and basically manufacture the new world order. So as he's becoming more technocratic, literally more technocratic, he is walking back the technocratic brand. Towards this sort of human brain. So they're trying to make. This artificial intelligence. Appear even like, like superhuman. More human than human itself. Right. We're not going to think of it as a machine. We're going to think of it as a superhuman. Something that's superior to us. You know it's fascinating. Last night I was trying to fall asleep. And I often have a hard time. Falling asleep. Just because my mind's buzzing. And I was watching on HBO. This Steve Jobs documentary from. Some time ago. I can't remember the name of it. But it was really very good. Steve Jobs is someone who I've studied. I read Walter Isaacson's biography of him. I really paid attention. And have paid attention to Steve Jobs. Especially since I, I was. A small business owner. I started a business in 2016. So I consumed a lot of. That sort of. San Francisco startup type literature. Whether it was Peter Thiel's Zero to One. Or Tim Ferriss' podcast. All sorts of just. Hyper productivity focused stuff business stuff i I read it all and I, I listened to it all and in this documentary about steve jobs they're they're talking about the way computers used to be perceived and how Steve Jobs changed that from a marketing perspective right and we think of this guy as this like brilliant tech guy, but really he's a brilliant marketer he's a brilliant advertiser he is incredible at influencing first responding to an existing zeitgeist in such a way that he can determine the next zeitgeist. So there's always a spirit of the times. Every generation has its own fashion, its own clothes, its own style. And that spirit of the times changes based on external factors and just the natural development and evolution of a culture. And To be able to determine how to resonate with an existing zeitgeist in order to determine what the next one is going to be is an incredibly powerful thing of which I think there's been no greater master than Steve Jobs. Regardless of whether you think he's a good person or not. I mean, he's a brilliant marketer, right? And what he realized was that computers were these massive machines. They were intimidating. They were associated with nerds. People were afraid of them. And What they needed to do was make the computer not seem like a machine, but seem like an extension of yourself. So you're not interacting with technology. You're actually interacting with the version of yourself that you wish to become. That was sort of the branding message. And he actually, I believe, coined the term personal computer. Machine is not an extension of you, is not a tool of yours. It is you. And that resulted in astronomical sales, an entire shift in culture. And now we've arrived at this place where we are on a threshold of a new zeitgeist, a new era, a new basically age of mankind. Totally unprecedented, like nothing we've ever seen before. And we have to determine how we move from this zeitgeist – To the next one, we have to determine what that next one is going to be. And there are some major players trying to influence this. And this is what Klaus Schwab has been astoundingly successful at doing himself. He realized as the world was reaching sort of this globalization, that it was not the zeitgeist of the people he needed to concern himself with. But the zeitgeist specifically of his target market, which is members of the political class. So he is determining how our politicians feel about things, regardless of how we feel about things, because after all, we don't have any power. Stick with us, folks. We're going to go to a four minute break for radio. We'll be right back.
1: Taking speakers in space. and calls. I'm a humble person. And I want to say that I'm just a man. But I'm not just a man. Just like you. No matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe, who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. And that's why the system hates you and fears you, and that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. Chief, need you to My friends, the you enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because... You're a bad person because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer, but I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. Nitric Boost does incredible things for your entire cardiovascular system, your immune system, your blood, everything. And we finally got a huge shipment of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship to you right now. Folks, there's a giant list of things it does. Go to InfoWarsStore.com and read about it. But vasodilation, opening up your arteries and your veins, that is so good, and it does such amazing things in every single department. So this product is incredible, and I'll forgot it's 40% off so get your nitric boost now for 40% off while it's still in stock and discounted at infowarstore.com you owe yourself a favor go research nitric boost and then get it it funds the info war does incredible things for your body nitric boost 40% off Infowarstore. store we have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years, because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. Like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible, and I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the Infowars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or four thousand bottles of each one of these i think we've got four thousand bottles of the hgh max boost that people love so much we've got about four thousand bottles of 1776 testosterone boost that just came in and we've got about three thousand bottles of pain md incredible natural pain reliever situation all three of these are back in stock and they're incredible and they fund our operation at infowarsstore.com Our funding problems will be over. Please take action now.
5: You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
6: Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geiser, your host today will be hosting The War Room this afternoon and Owen Schroyer will be hosting The Alex Jones Show in just about an hour. I see that Harrison Smith has joined the X-Space as a speaker. So I'd like to ask him, Harrison, what's it like to be a guest on your own show? (laughs) Can you unmute yourself and share your thoughts? What's on your mind today? I'm not sure if he is with us or not. It looks like he might have stepped away from his phone just briefly. I know that he spends a lot of time with family when he is away from the office and so he i don't even know if he's in yet he might be sitting over in his office getting ready for the show this afternoon harrison if you ever want to speak just go ahead and unmute yourself i leave the floor of course open to you especially since this is your show but if you can't speak i understand but we were talking right. oh go ahead what's up harrison
16: hey hey how's it going how much man i'm uh, just just uh laying in bed enjoying the show uh for the first time, as a uh, spaces participant, I just wanted to see what it was like. What What are we talking about today?
6: Well, the first hour, we dove into this these allegations that Russia has space nukes or is planning to have space nukes, and I'm basically making the claim that I think they're trying to set Russia up for technically violating the 1967 Outer Space Treaty that prohibits all these all of these main nations from putting nuclear weapons in orbit. Uh, as an excuse to get NATO yeah. to basically get involved explicitly in the war in Ukraine before Ukraine completely loses the war. That was the first thing. Now we've been going into how Klaus Schwab is trying to rebrand technocracy as humanocracy, all in the context of bragging about his use of ChatGPT in order to plan the new world
16: order. <laughs> the humanocracy. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's all insane. I mean, the, the whole, russia fear-mongering thing it's way too convenient for the ukraine bill yeah. uh what having to pass and suddenly these rumors of something very dangerous happening i just i i couldn't even follow it yesterday because it all seemed so scripted and planned out with like yeah. every hour there'd be some some new person coming out and saying oh yes it is absolutely real completely ridiculous but i'll let you get back to the show I'll, i will continue to uh enjoy it here in the twitter space. But I will be hosting uh War Room later today and a little little special uh gift or a little special uh you know preview for our audience. Uh, we're gonna be filming a new skit after the show today. So I'll be working on that uh, before War Room, then we're gonna film it after. And so probably by the end of this week or next week, we're gonna have a a brand new pitch meeting uh published on band.video Video and stuff. So stay tuned for that, folks. But yeah, thanks for letting me come on and uh Take it away, Chase.
6: Awesome. Awesome. I love those pitch meeting clips. I've been anxiously waiting for another one. It is long overdue, so I'm excited to see that and hear about the concept behind that. But, yeah, I mean, what we saw, he's exactly right. It did seem scripted, what we saw yesterday. Basically, one entity came out and said, there is a secret, but I can't tell you what it is. It's like, well, then why did you tell me there was a secret? That's the first thing that happened. Then the second thing that happens is all these leaks of the details of the secret. So, Obviously, there was this coordinated leaking of this information, regardless of whether it's true. There was this coordinated leak of these allegations that Russia either has or is planning to have space nukes. And it seems just abundantly obvious to me that they, they're trying to set them up for accusations that they violated the 1967 space treaty. How many times? I guess, I, I wish people I, and frankly, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know. That there was a 1967 treaty regarding nuke, nukes in space until I started looking into this like apparent psyop yesterday, and if I didn't know, as somebody who pays attention to politics every day for hours a day, that means that the general populace doesn't. I mean, how many people could you walk up to on the street and ask if they know the details of what the space treaty was in the 60s during the Cold War? Right? They've they, they never heard of it. It's not something that's just abundantly covered. Obviously, they know what the Cold War generally was, but these specifics are left out, and so. To me, it's like, how do we, how do we wake the people up to some of these details that would totally change their perspective and their political positions on major issues, whether or not they support war against Russia, whether or not they vote for Biden versus Trump. I mean, this is the implications for humanity itself are tremendous. When it comes to how the people of the world, especially the people of the United States, but the people of the world perceive organizations like the World Economic Forum. I mean if we could make everyone hate that organization, if we could make everyone realize that NATO or the UN should be abolished. If we could make everybody realize that national sovereignty is actually more conducive to peace than globalism because the only way globalism can manifest is through world war. It takes a world war in order to establish a new world order. I want to go to Ten Point Sword in the space. I was pleased to be in a Discord channel with him last Friday for a great podcast, TMI. Ten Point Sword, go ahead and unmute yourself if you feel like speaking. I know that typically you prefer to mine. What is on your mind?
16: Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about the Russia mm-hmm. Space Nuke thing because it seems as though X or rather SpaceX, Elon Musk, has launched six uh, pretty much anti-hypersonic missile satellites. And the thing of it is, I keep reading the article, I know that Russia hasn't actually deployed any of theirs, but, but we are deploying
10: ours. So yeah. it seems uh, <laughs> weird there.
16: I, I
6: cannot imagine, after all the things that we have seen from our own government, going back to how we got involved in Vietnam, how we got involved in Iraq, how we got involved in Afghanistan, how we got involved in Libya. All these count, countless coups and unseating of governments and the corruption and the wars. I cannot imagine that our own government has made the decision not to put nukes in space because, while well, we said we weren't going to. It's like – uh, of course we've got this technology. Of course everybody violated this treaty. Nobody trusts anybody in this international community, and nobody should trust anybody because everybody in leadership is just constantly lying. So, yeah, I, everything that we accuse the enemy of – one of the great replies to my tweet yesterday, it's – everything being accused by the establishment – is a mirror, right? So they are guilty of everything that they say their opposition does. So they call us domestic terrorists. Oh, it's because they are domestic terrorists. They say that Donald Trump is colluding with Russia. Oh, they are actually the ones colluding. They call us Nazis. Oh, they're actually the ones giving standing ovations for Nazis in Canadian Parliament, right? So it really is true that what you hear from the state, what you hear from the mainstream media is a mirror of what they're actually doing. And as soon as you point that out, they do everything they can to silence you and imprison you and render you neutered. I want to hear from Max who I've just given speaker access in the space. Max, what is on your mind? Looks like he might not be there. 10 point. Did you have something else you wanted to say? I saw you unmuted yourself.
10: Oh yeah. Uh I've noticed that they've been sort of
16: getting on Trump's case about the fact that he, Came out and said, oh, if you don't pay your dues in NATO, we're just going to let you, we're going to leave you to the wolves. And I, they were really getting on his case about that. But to me, it doesn't seem like it's that bad of an issue. If you don't pay, you don't get in the union. I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of a union, right?
6: Yeah. Do your part. But what they want, this, this is why it's so complicated. And this, this goes back to when Michael Sullivan was, was a speaker in this space. It is very hard to explain to the public why and how these things are are happening so when you look at the disproportionate amount of funding in all of our trade agreements the just money that we pump into the international community on the it's very obvious just as as a, as a citizen as an individual like hey this doesn't make sense this this is not how i manage my budget at home why is our government doing this but on the other hand the dollar is the global reserve currency is dependent on the demand for for dollars so As a national security sort of measure, they want to pump as much money as possible into the global economy because the way they see it, those dollars always eventually come back to them. And it's how they sort of fuel in this recursive manner, this Ponzi scheme that they've set up with the way that our fractional reserve banking is. I see Travis is raising his hand in the space. Travis, go ahead and unmute yourself and say what you've got to say, man. Are you with us, Travis? Uh, looks like he hasn't unmuted himself. So he still got his hand raised, though. We'll go back to him whenever he is ready. Oh, he tried to raise his hand again. Go ahead and unmute yourself, Travis. You just tap the button in the bottom left and you should be able to speak. I guess he's just waving. Okay. We will move on then in that case to some of these more deve- these other developments. But we are going to come up on a radio break here in a second. Um so I want to Take this opportunity to plug a little bit. Now is more important of a time than ever to support the InfoWar. We are in probably the most pivotal and important and consequential election of US history. We are in a war with globalists. And it is people like you and listeners going to InfoWarsStore.com that kept us on life support when we were banned everywhere. But now that we're back on X, we're trying to ramp everything up. So make sure you check out all of our great products at InfoWarsStore.com so we can take this infowar to the next
1: level together. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in a war against the globalist. And people can't identify who's a patron, who isn't. We wanna identify as pro-human and anti-globalist. We wanna let people know we're seventeen seventy-six part two. That's why I designed this amazing 1776 red, white, and blue Gadsden flag shirt so you can support the InfoWar and meet like-minded people everywhere when you wear it. When you wear these shirts, it creates an amazing amount of energy and it's quite the adventure. So get your seventeen seventy-six shirt right now at InfoWarStore.com.
9: Let me start by saying you do a great show. Thank you. Hey, let me point out that I took X2 iodine. I started taking that stuff. The best iodine I think I ever found is what you guys are selling. When did you start taking it? About four years ago, I had high blood pressure, and I was on blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. And I started eating a little better, but my blood pressure stayed high. And when I took X2 iodine, after about three or four weeks, I think my body was detoxified of a bunch of metals and stuff that my body was storing. And my blood pressure came down to perfect level. And I tell people, the only thing I did was X2 iodine. And even though I do think all your other products are good, I recommend to anybody that they start with X2 iodine because it detoxifies your body and kind of kicks your natural DNA in, into uh, full force. So in my in my life, I found X2 iodine the best. I tried other iodines, and they didn't have the same effect. But So X2 iodine, I really wanted to point that out.
8: Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today.
13: The American Journal, where Chase Geyser bridges the gap between America's past, present, and future. I just want to be there.
6: Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Kaiser, your host today. Harrison Smith will be hosting The War Room this afternoon. And Owen Short will be hosting the Alex Jones Show in one hour. Now, this is a short sort of five-minute segment, so we're going to go to some speakers and then one more one-minute break before the long segment. Thank you for being patient with these ad interruptions because we still are broadcasting on radio, so every once in a while we have to abide by the schedule of radio I see that Parson is raising their hand. Parson, go ahead and unmute yourself and say what you've got to say, and then we're going to go to Travis after that.
14: Well, thank you very much for having me out and coming to me. I'm uh, driving down snow-covered roads in Metro Detroit on I-75, about 35 miles an hour. So, listen, I was, I, I'm i glad I found you guys. Uh, I like the show, uh, for what I've heard of it, I wanted to talk a little bit about... um the Russian Missile Program. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about their new ICBM, the SAPP-2, referred to by NATO as SATAN-2, since uh, just over a year now, they have made operational over 50 of these units. They don't have a need for putting nuclear missiles in space. Uh, These missiles are the most capable ICBMs and rated by everybody. The, The previous version was rated the best ICBM in the world. Um, this unit has three different payloads that it can carry. One is a, a mega uh, <laughs> a country killer. Um,
15: mm-hmm.
14: uh, I think it's 50 megatons. Then it, it also has a version that carries 11. Um, now, keep in mind that in the other two versions, they're using hypersonic second stages. Uh, what makes this missile even more difficult for the U.S. in, in detection is it it takes a very narrow it it actually goes south and comes around the south pole up into the states i'm getting off the highway i'm not driving on this crap well
6: i just want to say it's yeah. interesting to me because we we see this we see these accusations of space nukes in the context of apparently there was some sort of phenomenon that was reported from hawaii of some sort of space debris sort of being visible coming into the atmosphere i wonder if Russia already has these technologies in orbit, and they're being used against our own satellites. So not necessarily that the threat is nukes from space attacking the planet, but that the nukes in space or the, the weapons in space could be used to just sort of take down other satellites. And, of course, we're dependent on satellites for more than just military applications. A lot of it has to do with our Internet and and uh, communication applications and things of that nature. So if, if Russia is able suddenly to just sort of eradicate all other satellites, then that could be a major sort of threat on our very infrastructure itself, regardless of whether or not there's a nuclear exchange on the planet.
9: Well, I, I had
14: actually had a, was in a space last night with uh, a, an engineer in this field, and he said, well, what anyone, even the U.S. could do this, is you crash, if you're in a geosynchronous orbit, and that's your target, you crash one satellite into another satellite, and basically you end up creating a chain where it'll illuminate everything in that same sector. You don't even you don't even need an actual weapon. You can just position a satellite in to intersect with another one. You know, there there's no armor on these things. They're 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 very light. So I'll land with mm-hmm. there. I know you have a lot of lot a lot of other speakers in a short time before we get to the long part of this program, which I'm looking forward to.
6: Thank you so much for your call, and, and, and please drive safely. I grew up in central Illinois, so it's not quite as bad as Detroit, but I know what snowy roads are like, so be as safe as you can. I see that Harrison is raising his hand. Harrison, we're going to cut to you after this break because uh, I want to give you enough time to say what you got to say. We're about ready to come up on the one-minute break that comes after the first five minutes of every hour, but then we will be on a 22- or 23-minute uninterrupted segment. Make sure in the meantime that you guys... Follow InfoWars, which we've made a co-host of this account uh, or of, the, of this space. And follow Harrison Smith as well because Harrison Smith is usually the host of this show. So if you've enjoyed this time and this conversation, I highly recommend that you tap on his profile and follow him. And obviously go to InfoWarsStore.com to be the reason that we were able to broadcast on the air like this.
1: More in one minute. I'm not perfect, and I'm under a lot of stress, but if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to infoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down, we got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at infoWarsStore.com, and that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller, because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds that clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins, and capillators clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer Nitric Boost, because it costs us so much to make, and now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com. Nitric Boost, finally back in stock. Forty percent off out of the gate. The American Journal with Chase Geyser, your compass
13: to the nation's crossroads on Infowars.
6: Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. Having a great conversation with so many amazing listeners in the X space. You can find it at Real Chase Geyser if you're on the radio listening on x tap on the profile picture join the space and request to speak harrison who is normally the host of the american journal does a fantastic job all the time is requesting to speak i see that your hand is raised harrison what do you have to say
16: yeah no i'm, I'm actually just really enjoying uh listening to the space and i, I really like that last caller uh mm. from detroit and he brought up a couple good points and just as as you guys are talking i i have just been making notes of, of things that I find sort of, uh, missing from this story. First, have you talked about rods from gods? The, the tungsten rods?
6: I have not, um, I have not talked about it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Please, uh, share with the audience.
16: Yeah, it's called a, like, hypervelocity. Um, essentially they are, they're just rods. They're just metal rods, no explosives on them. But when dropped from space, they can reach hypervelocity and essentially have the same impact as a nuclear bomb. And so that makes me think that it would, it'd be a lot of wasted effort to put a nuclear bomb up on a satellite when you can literally just put a one foot by a hundred foot, uh, tungsten rod up there. So, you know, it seems to me like once that technology was, was discovered or figured out that, Countries probably wouldn't waste their time building nukes and launching those, uh, you know, to, to get essentially the same effect. The only reason you would use nukes from space would be to create an EMP by detonating them high in the atmosphere. And yeah. that would create the EMP yeah. effect. Uh, but again, as, as the last caller from Detroit pointed out, the, the Satan missiles, the hypersonic ICBM missiles they have again sort of makes nuclear satellites technology redundant. It just wouldn't be necessary. So, and I'll, I'll say one more thing. Years ago, before I ever worked at Infowars, I was talking to a engineer who, um, worked on satellites and he told me, and I don't know how exactly true this is, but he at the time was working on, uh, defense department contracts and producing, uh, single solid state fuel rocket engines, which was pretty crazy. But he essentially said that if you had about one ton of ball bearings, you could knock out every communication satellite in orbit right now because there's something called um, cold fusion that takes place in space. That might not be the right term for it, but essentially in space, in the vacuum, when two metals – I think it's called – um and so if you were just release a ton of ball bearings in uh, low orbit at the same level as the satellites, one, about one ton of ball bearings would essentially knock out every satellite in the atmosphere, uh, permanently. So I, I, I think people maybe underestimate how, um how fragile our satellite, uh, systems are. So I think, I just, I thought what that guy brought up was a couple good points from the ICBMs and the ability to knock out satellites. Uh, but yeah, okay, yeah. I'm sorry, that, no, no, don't sell. apologize. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, for, for interrupting. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to enjoying it.
6: That's that's amazing. Yeah, and just for the audience, for the sake of the audience, the conversations that I've had about rods from God have uh, been with personal friends that I have who have been in the intelligence community. It's similar to like if you watch Lord of the Rings or any. Sort